185milesouth.com. Smash that Patreon button. One hundred and eighty five miles south, a hardcore punk rock podcast. What's up, everyone? This week on the pod, we are doing our second annual year end awards. Helping out, you know him, you love him. It is the best dressed man on the pod. It is Daniel Sant. What's up, Dan? River cools where I belong in my mercy paradise. All right, give me the spoiler on that one, dude. What's that from? Uh, Stone Roses, Mercy Paradise. Very hardcore 2022. Um, <laughs> but yeah, dude, this year was another killer year. You know, like looking through these categories, there's so much winning here. Hardcore is straight up on top. This year, it just seemed to explode. Like, I mean, it exploded last year coming out of COVID, but it's like maintained that size right i haven't seen like an extreme fall off anywhere and it's just exciting and the best bands keep pushing out the best music and we've just been on this run like really since 2019 where i feel like you know take all like the the size and participation aside just like the music's been on fire um there's so many bands doing creative things in all these different silos and I just haven't been bored by anything. Bands are making more palatable LPs than ever, uh, pushing the boundaries still, coming straight over the plate as hard as possible. And uh, yeah, I just dig everything. Dan, what's your take on the year overall? Yeah, well, this is the year that hardcore has been the biggest it's ever been. But yet all the pockets that are, you know, kicking out the things from within are also just as strong. So As hardcore goes more insular and inside itself, it's strong. And as hardcore spreads its wings with a couple of bands that are taking it to the masses, it's doing well there too. So, I mean, hardcore rules. And like you say, it's on top. And people from outside the sphere are starting to get an idea why this is the best stuff on the planet. Yeah, and and the takes that like the more mainstream press have has done have been like okay, you know what I mean like I'll look at like the the best hardcore records of the you know of 2022 lists or articles that people write about hardcore and generally that stuff has always been pretty terrible, but like yeah. this year it just seems like huh. Like, that's pretty not bad. You know, you got 65% of it right. You know what I mean? Like, you got a yeah. shot at getting a C, buddy. Well, yeah, when you sent me that Revolver list of the top 10 records of the year, I was like, oh, God, here we go. I opened it, and I instantly wrote back. They actually did quite well. I thought <laughs> you know, so they, as well. Yeah, they, I mean, there are a couple things in there that are outside of the lane, per se, maybe, but I don't know. They they did really well. I mean, they name checked like proper full on hardcore bands. So respect to them for someone having their heads, you know, screwed on right doing it. 
Yeah, I mean, they name-checked Indit, Punity, Mind Force, and yeah, you, you bring up that like there's some adjacent stuff on there, but I, there's a discussion to be had for another day that I think that a lot of that adjacent stuff is part of what is propping up hardcore to like the heights. You know, I I've always been relatively cynical about how many people actually like hardcore and how many people are here for the spectacle. And, you know, as, as we've been into it for so long, we've seen so much turnover and that's because, you know, people come in, it's new, exciting. They get over it in a few years, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's, Oh, it is a youth culture. And like, we need that influx of people all the time, you know? And in the last handful of years too, I've loved like younger kids thinking that stuff is lame. You know, I think it like keeps everyone sharp, you know? So I don't know. I am uh pretty fired up as I've always been. Yeah. What I love about, you know, the steady influx of youth and especially in this day and age is that the youth is driving the conversation within hardcore and outside of hardcore. They're talking, you know, basically questioning everybody's output and making sure um, quality is coming through, whether it be great music or great lyrics, great thought, like it, it's just, it's awesome. So yeah, 2022 and beyond. Yeah, I love it. Um, so yeah, next, next episode, we'll jump into all the songs and that, but this week we are busting the best of 2022 categories. Uh, Dan, should we just kick it off? Well, we're about to go on an award tour with my mic in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> more more 2022 hardcore from Dan. Thank uh, you. <laughs> all right, Dan, what's our first category you got going here? Okay, so we're going to kick things off with arguably something that everybody who loves record collecting has an absolute passion for. We're going to go for best album art. And the nominees are... Long Knife, Curb Stomp Earth, Last Wishes, Organized Hate, Life's Question, World Full Of, Mind Force, New Lords, Syndrome 81, Prison Imaginaire. Yeah, dude, you had to do this because I would have whiffed on that fifth one. Uh, but <laughs> shout out to France. What's up? Uh, yeah, these are all... Pretty exceptional, although I do not like the Syndrome 81 art, but you loved it. So we put it on the list and we argued a bit. Um, yeah. To me, it just looks like a, I don't know, I guess I don't love Art Deco, right? So it to me, it just looks like a mass-produced like picture that you'd see in Carl's Jr. or something. You know, you don't get that vibe at all, though. Not at all. And, um, you know, if it's talking about imaginary prisons and he's got the waterfalls of like tears coming out of his mind while, you know, a proverbial angel and devil are in his ears. Um, it, I, I just think it's really cool. I like the cubist stuff at the bottom and the art deco approach with the, the waves being a recurring theme. I think it's, I think it's really good. I love the long knife LP one. It looks like, it would be like a movie cover, you know, and like kind of not, and not even the movie cover, like a, like a movie poster, right. It looks so ill and almost like a, like a mashup of like a Monty Python. It gives me like life of Brian vibes, but mixed with like a horror movie. 
it looks like it could be from like the maximum overdrive era of of films like 1986 to 1989 Um, for sure and it looks you know like some some sleep away uh actually more like army barracks where a serial killer went through and just got everyone yeah we, <laughs> that's right yeah we talked the last wishes lp a ton last episode everyone go check it out get in those archives episode 193 handle business i love the life's question lp art dan what was your take on that one the life's question one it doesn't it's weird because it's like Actually, the more I look at it, the more I see in it that I really like. So, yeah, like at first glance, it looks almost kind of a little 80s-ish also, like something like from, I don't know, like a video game cover. But the more you look at it, it's got like the train and then it's got the like the car coming out from underneath the dark city. It's got... um you know, life's a gamble. It's all what you roll. It's got the crying eye and it looks almost like the death star, but it's kind of <laughs> like a, um, it's like a physical representation of the internet or something. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. It's yeah, it's clever. It's, it, it's really good. And especially if it's a world full of dot, 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 it's showing, you know, how much different things could be, you know, bringing this world down for sure. And then we got mind force also maybe my favorite art of any of their, their 12 inches that they put out because now they're, uh, they're in the color realm, you know, and successfully made the color transition. (laughs) Yeah. And I do love that. The sword is like, um, giving some extension to the new Lord as he's blasting things with his, with his, um, x-ray vision or burning vision i don't know it's really it's a beautiful painting it's super cool and i like the cave element to it um very mystical very uh D &D, so that's right up my alley i love uh dungeons and dragons art and this has like a stylistic take on that all right dan well uh do the honors you know open that envelope well we didn't talk about the last wishes yet Oh, we talked about it a lot on the last episode. So that's yeah. right. They'll, they'll get in those archives, and we we pontificate much. Uh, okay, let me hand you the envelope. Hold on. There you go. All right, the winner, best album art of 2022 is Last Wishes Organized Hate LP. And Dan, can you pronounce the name of the the gentleman, the artist? Yes, he's a fantastic tattoo artist who lives in Leeds. His name is Simon Earl, and he tattooed me while I was back in England. Um, I got a high vis, a little high vis jammer. So um, this is not nepotism. It's because the album art is the best. <laughs> and we're hitting the, the song on much delay. Here we go. All right, I'm here with Simon Earle, who did the artwork for the Last Wishes record. How's it going, Simon? Good, thank you. Nice chatting to you. Yeah, 
Well, congratulations on winning uh, Best Artwork of 2022 <laughs> at the illustrious 185 Awards. I'm very flattered. I'm stoked. Yeah, so um, how did the artwork come about uh, being put together? Did the uh, band have any input in the concept or did you present it to them or how did this all come about? Um, do you know what? I actually feel a bit bad about it because um, my apprentice was supposed to be doing the artwork for it. I think she spoke to the band about it early on. And then um, I kind of weaseled my way in there. Not really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of. I, I didn't really mean to, but it kind of ended up that way. Um, and yeah, and I remember Corin came in and he he left at the shop like a rough sketch of what they had in mind. Um, actually, uh, I should dig it out. It's quite a quite a funny sketch. Um, and at first, I was a little bit like, "Oh, damn, yeah, that's a lot of stuff to put in there." Um, but yeah, it was quite a fun challenge. So, so the idea, the general vibe was pretty specific from, I think, what the band had in mind and what they kind of wanted. Um, whether it came out exactly that way, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I just did my thing with it. Well, it definitely came out sick. Um, Zach wants to know if the band isn't as good, like bands that hit you up, if it isn't as good, do they not get No Rat or Barbed Wire? You, you just do <laughs> one colour brick detail or No Skull in the Moon? <laughs> um, th those were all all the um i had a list of specific things which i needed to get in there um but yeah i did i get i guess because it's not real you know tattooing takes up most of my job you know most of my time is a job and then working on projects like this i have to be a bit choosy because it does take up a lot of time so i i don't really yeah, I don't really get asked to do a lot of it. And then if I do, I'm pretty choosy about what I do. So it's, so lucky, I w it's lucky that you fuck with Last Wishes then? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that, I mean, that was it was too fun to, to turn down for sure. Yeah, and I mean, being a, a long-time hardcore kid yourself, right? Like, yeah, exactly. And then... I think it's always when when I first got into tattooing years ago. I think just the idea of having having artwork on a record, even now, is more exciting to me than than a tattoo on someone's arm forever. You know, I don't, I don't know if that's just because it's a novel. You know, I don't do it as much. But yeah, to me, having having some artwork on a twelve inch on a shelf, you know, that's that's pretty cool. Well, it probably goes back to the times where we're, we're just building our record collections and going through every single nuance yeah, every on every detail album, on it, right? Exactly, reading every bit of type on it, front, back, inlays. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, growing up in New Zealand as well, I think that you know, before, I mean, we didn't have the internet, but you know, you didn't get to see everything all the time, and so the records you do have. Yeah, you literally just scour every inch of the, you know, of the artwork. And yeah, so th I guess there's probably a lot of that in there as well. Absolutely. Do you have any plans for doing anything in the future? Um, yeah, I'd like to. Um, I think 
maybe that rotten hell cruelty split seven inch will be out in the new year which i did the artwork for it'd be cool to see that oh, in real life um apart from that there's actually i'm at the moment i'm working on a german vegan straighted synth powerlifting metal band lp so that will be pretty interesting <laughs> that sounds, that sounds <laughs> you definitely got to uh, let us know about that but yeah, anyway, i will for sure <laughs> thanks so much for making the time to like talk about this and um where can people like a check out your tattooing and check out your artwork um just yeah instagram's the easiest i suppose um which is just simon l um well, you know always happy to chat about any project or anything on there so for everyone listening that's at s-i-m-o-n-e-r-l that's right right yeah all right well thanks Simon. cool thank you guys i appreciate it yeah and can't wait to see that rotting hell split yeah let's fingers crossed (laughs) all right talk to you soon cool bye-bye all right the next category is best split record of 2022 and I believe actually most of these, all of them, ended up on a 7-inch. But it could have been a split LP if it would have been. But it wasn't. So what's up? All right. First nominee. The Violencia and Double Me split record. The next up is Gel and the Cold Brats split. Number three. Concrete Elite and Faction S. Number four. Spy and Maniac laying it down on that split seven inch. And finally the chisel returns with two more bangers. They're doing a split seven inch with mess from Guadalajara. Dan diving into this. What stood out to you personally? Well, I've been waiting for that chisel mess uh, split ever since it was announced. Like two of my favorites coming together to right up the style. I love. So been looking for that. Spy and Maniac, what a what a complimentary mix. Yeah. Two hard as fuck bands. Um, I'm really interested to diving into the Concrete Elite Faction S because that's one that you put on here that I haven't had a chance to get my hands on yet. Gel Cold Brats split, super cool, super great. Gel is gonna be one of those bands that's name is gonna just ring out like forever, like they're just really ramping up and Violencia double me or double me. Um, that one is, um, an absolute ripper. Violencia is just vicious. Hell yeah. Yeah. That concrete elite shout out. No echo.net. Uh, they do that, that long running playlist. That's like every single band's songs from the year. And I found that on there and good God, that first song on there is so good. Um, but we didn't get to talk it this year. Actually, we didn't talk any of these on the pod this year. So that's kind of a fun thing. I'm glad they could all get on here. And everyone can check out the playlist, 185milesouth.com. Click that playlist link at the top of the page. And I will put this stuff on there if it is available on the Spotify's. Um, all right, Dan, who is the winner? All right. Let me get this envelope open. The chisel 
mess split on beach impediment and I can't pronounce the European <laughs> label off the top of my head. So um, this came out, sold out really fast. Hopefully they give us a repress. They said they're not going to, probably because the record plants are taking a billion years, but God, this is a fucking fantastic record. <laughs> Let's hear that music. <laughs> the winner, Chisel, Mess Split. <laughs> All right, we got Eric from the band Mess, and uh, we voted them split seven inch of the year with the band Chisel. Eric, congratulations! Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, it's a good record, right? <laughs> Dude, it's a good record. You guys channel like that Blitz sound better than anyone. Well, uh, it's funny because yeah, obviously it's a it's a tribute also to to Blitz, but not specifically well as as we saw it, not specifically to Blitz. If you know more on a era on the eighties and certain sounds of the era and certain bands in general, probably one of those are Blitz. But yeah, a lot of people told us that it sounds a little bit like like Blitz. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we love the band. Uh, the song Street Boys off one of your last records made uh, a list of ours last year. Although I was looking at it online today and it says 2020. So maybe we fucked up for 2021. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's good. Thanks for keeping us on rotation. There. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about these, these two new songs, especially because the chisel has been doing so well. Like these are the songs that people are going to hear first for a lot of people probably. Yeah, no, that's for sure. And, 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 and well, the guys from chisel are doing really, really good job. Every time they release some songs or EPs or LPs, it's fucking amazing. We're fans of Chico. I even have the T-shirt right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they're really good lads. Uh, and, and it's obviously that the majority of people are going to get maybe the EP or for the Chisel and everything. But, it, but I think when, and we expect that they're going to have like a, a really good surprise when they hear Mess for the first time, or maybe it's not going to be the first time, but Maybe the second time, and we expect that they have a also a, a nice surprise when they then when they hear our songs also. Yeah, hell yeah! Did you just go to Europe, or are you going to Europe soon? Yeah, we just we just finished our first uh, tour in Europe. We just uh, arrived uh, ten days ago. It was fucking amazing. The the first day was the Mendeku Discac or the label that is uh, editing our our stuff. And we play also with the Chisel. Chisel uh, play on Friday and we play on Saturday. So we just saw the boys and we can hang out there. And well, they are our friends now. It's fucking amazing. The guys are fucking amazing. And it was fucking amazing. We do we did uh, 12 shows uh, in Europe. And it was fucking great. Really, we are really tired also, but it's, it was fucking amazing. We didn't expect that. Uh, that kind of uh, how do I say it? We didn't expect how much people went to our shows. To be honest, and know the songs and know what like a little bit like. Well, we didn't expect that. To be honest, we see ourselves more like a local band, but we discovered that we are not so local anymore. <laughs> uh, it's international. I mean, hardcore and punk rock is international, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and right now I think this a uh, really. It's getting stronger any day for more underground bands and, 
And the thing is, it's banned from around the world, not only the same places, you know. It's more, it's more and more banned from another part that you didn't expect that are getting really fucking well and bigger, and that's and that's good. More diversity, to be honest. Hell yeah. Well, Eric, thanks so much for the time and congratulations. This record rules. We need an LP. Ah, that's for sure. No, yeah. Expected uh next next year. It's going to be we're going to release an an LP. And we hope another stuff that we can say. <laughs> but let's hope, but the LP is going to be for sure. We're going we're we're starting to 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 composing new songs, and it's going to be for our first LP. And then if we have time and there's a surprise maybe at the end of the year, next year. But that's oh, yeah. for sure. Our, our, our LP is going to be our priority right now. I love that. All right, Eric. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks a lot. All right. I'm here with Cal from The Chisel. Congratulations on winning 185's Split of the Year with Mess. Thank you very much. It's an honor. <laughs> yes, of course <laughs> it is. Um, how did this 7-inch come about? Uh, basically, like Mess have been on our radar for quite a while. They, um, someone sent them over to me, and it's the most British sound and oil band that isn't British. Some more British than we do, and basically it was just uh, we thought it was fucking amazing, and um, they we just started a friendship with them. And then they just asked us if we wanted to do the split, and normally we wanted to shy away from doing anything like that because uh, splits can be generally quite shit. <laughs> But when they asked, we thought, why not, you know? And uh, here we are. It took a while to get out, though. We recorded the songs about a year and a bit ago. And it's just been to and fro for a long time now. So I'm glad to get it out. Well, it's a, it's like the perfect combination. Like, yeah. you two complement each other really well. Like, when I first heard them and that song Street Boy, I was yeah, like, yeah. this is oh, like... I was like, this is the, you know, this is Blitz New Age just redone in in the most perfect way, you know. Like, the, video, the video for that as well is really good, you know. Yeah. I mean, they've got everything bang on in terms of, like, uh, hitting that specific image and that specific sound. It's like they took, the, took a copy of New Age into the studio and said, this is what we want it to sound like, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Did you um, record these around the same time that you record the LP? It was just after, but... Um, we they were, they were kind of supposed to be just demos for the the LP that we were doing at the moment. Oh, okay. we thought, why don't we just why don't we just get them out? You know, so the, these two songs have been re-recorded for the LP, but um, we wanted to use them for the split. Basically, it's the reason they're not on Spotify and things like that because we're kind of trying to um, save it for the LP. Really, that's what we're trying to do. So it's not on Spotify or anything like that because the LP is going to come out in six months. Oh, okay. That makes sense because I was about to give you shit about that. Like we need it on our fucking <laughs> playlist. Um, I know, I know. It's so funny because my my nan and my granddad always used to say to me when I was growing up, "Keep it stum." Like when yeah, we yeah, were no, that's, that's, that's where I get it from. You know, so it's my dad and my grandma and stuff like that. You know. Yeah. So for the for those that don't know, what does "keep it stum" mean? Just keep it quiet, and it? that's I think that's what it means anyway. <laughs> that's right. Shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, and then the song "You Ain't Seen Nothing Yet," I think, yeah. is up there with you know all all your best songs. Like I think that song, no, I appreciate that. It just is. Yeah. Um, I, I love when you you still keep it hard, but then you you've got that 
throwing it back to like you know Cockney rejects that kind of melody in there. Like yeah, yeah, no. it really. I mean, there's times there's times where I wish I could just sing like I mean fucking Coxbar or something like that, but unfortunately I can't. So some parts I do have to just kind of shout it, and then when I, I can do a good chorus and things like that, you know, I, I haven't got the same Coxbar flow, but now I think it complements it itself quite well. So I'm quite happy with it. Yeah, yeah, I, I love the 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 mixture of that. Like when when the melody does come in, like I feel like at those moments, like. There was a because they're sat next to like such hard chisel songs, so yeah. it's like it gives you that you know peaks and valleys where it's like and not not through like quality but just peaks and valleys of like different sounds and no, it makes for a much more interesting listen, you know. So, no, no, I appreciate that, man. I, I mean, it's definitely what we go for in the songs as well. It's uh, we don't just want to pigeonhole ourselves into like one type of sound because as a whole and as a band, we've got so many influences. So we just basically want to play punk. And if that punk comes out as a faster narco sounding tune, then so be it. And if, but if it comes out as some sort of a box barrow type tune, and again, we're just going to do it, you know, we're not, we're not really just going to try and do one type of music. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, if you were going to be an impartial referee, who wins the split mess or the chisel? Mess every time. <laughs> <laughs> Their, their first I was, I, was, I, was, I was actually quite nervous about doing the split with them because I just knew the songs that they were going to do were going to be sick, you know? Yeah. But, uh, I, I mean... That, that means it's going to go down in, like, people's record collections as, like, a classic, you know? Oh, no, without a doubt. I mean, if it was the yeah, LP versions of the two songs that we've, uh, that are on that split, then I might, I might say something differently, but, you know... <laughs> hey, there you go. Um, that's a little, you know, taster for what we've got to come. Yeah. Also... Um, last question what what did you make of this like selling out in like two minutes or something on both in both continents I don't know it's just it's a bit of a weird one because it, the same thing when we did not the only one and the come see me split with with beach impediment and with La Vida it's it kind of happened with that but on like a smaller scale beach impediment the, the records just seemed to go fucking flying and it wasn't just the uh, the color press as well all of the the, the black vinyl got snapped up by a lot of distributors and all that. But even then, that was, that was selling at the same time as the actual colour vinyl. And to see it all kind of sell out, especially in America, like straight away, it's kind of mind-blowing. And it just, because uh, obviously the last thing we released is Retaliation, and it's just kind of give us a good little kick up the arse for finishing this uh, new LP as well. But um, I think there's still some available on Mendeku. All the colours gone, but... There's a few on the Mendeku site, but they haven't, they, start, they haven't started the wholesale yet with distributors. So it could be that that goes in the next week or so as well. Amazing. Yeah, it it's a, it's a you know, it's winning split of the year for a reason. It's fucking great. No, so no, We really appreciate that. No, oh. thank you. I mean, it's like uh, the po- your podcast has always supported us in that and it's, uh, we always appreciate it. And there's been, so, there was some input with regards to the retaliation uh, about what songs we should have put on it. And you might be uh, pleasantly surprised with the new album. Oh, sick. Yeah. Well, you, you know, you got to break out the old piano for us. That's it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, then. Well, um, thanks so much uh, for doing what you do and come back to America soon. Of course, man. No, thank you so much, man. Thank you for the time. No problem. Take care. That's right. Thank you. Cheers, man. All right. The next category is a crucial one for modern hardcore. It is best album production. Dan, what do we have? Yep. So what we like to say on this pod is the member that 
of the band that usually doesn't get the props, but because they're not literally in the band, is the producer or the production or the room that things are recorded in. So first, Sector, the Chicago Sector. Next up, Punitive Damage, This is the Blackout. Gridiron, No Good at Goodbyes. Terror, Pain into Power. Mind Force, New Lords. Jesus Christ, what a stacked category. There's so much to dive into here. Uh, We talked the Sector record a lot on the last episode. This is just a record of like modern, heavy moshcore that just bangs. It needs to be like that high budget production and just riff galore, tempo change galore. This thing rules. If you like to listen to heavy music that like keeps you on your toes, you know, this is great from a songwriting standpoint. And then the production's got to back it up. This is totally there. Um, The punitive damage LP. We've talked before about, you know, Taylor young gets like the accolades for doing production, like of the heavy hardcore records of this modern era. You know, he gets a lot of accolades for that. But one thing he doesn't get enough respect for, I think, is his ability to really master other styles. Here you have punitive damage is playing really straightforward, old school hardcore right over the plate. And he's able to like get that raw sound that still sounds like big and bold, not muffled. And they're tucking like in a lot of things here too. Like, you know, there's a little piano part, right? Like the the production and the mix is like just absolutely fantastic. Uh, going onto the gridiron, the no good at goodbyes again, just like the sector, the Chicago sector record. It just sounds so big, so good. It's so catchy. And it just needs that, that recording to back it up for like the multiple listens. Like maybe this would have been a catchy enough record, even if the recording wasn't there. But the fact that like this recording is so big and bold, it makes it like a statement because Coming out the gate, you know, this band doing this LP, laying it down, they came with it. So respect for this one. Uh, Terror, Pain, into Power. This one's very interesting. We did a whole episode on it. Actually, yeah, we did that that triple cast with uh, the This Is Hardcore podcast and... Uh, Post-America. That's right. Post-America Richie. podcast. Shout out, Richie. And yeah, and then you and I talked to the episode after that as well. Um, but this is this is insane, right? Because they brought back Todd and he had a big piece in like the production of this record and writing this record. And it's gotta be so insane to do a band like Nails, where basically you have everything cranked up to eleven, right? The speed, the heaviness, like the savageness of like the recording. And to to be able to like dial that back and do it for like a, a straightforward hardcore band that still has like the big breakdowns, right? You still want it to be like super heavy when you do the heavy parts, but you're dialing it back to an eight, you know, instead of an 11. So well, what, I, what I think about that it so easily because Terra has the breakdowns, they have the epic gang voc vocals, you know, like just really layered everywhere. And then Scott's voice and everything without good production that could become mushy and like run into each other and just not be clear. And those parts not hit really hard. And this production makes sure that there's really beautiful separation and that when it's supposed to bang, it really fucking bangs. Yeah. It's, it's straight up spectacular. 
Uh, and lastly, mine for CLP new Lords. This to me is so interesting. Um, the, the modern hardcore sound is, is kind of a strange paradox now, I think, because a lot of the bands that are going and having giant mosh parts aren't necessarily leaning into like the gain and the distortion of the guitar sound, right? Like we've talked before about drain and dare both having like pretty big mosh parts, but as far as like the heaviness of the guitars, it's not necessarily super heavy and mind forces here too. This LP has more mosh than they've ever had before. I mean, outside like beyond the intro song, that second song on there has like a straight up like beat down mosh part on the end of it, you know, but like the guitars are not overly distorted. And so it, it's really this new sound that's like clean, but still heavy. I don't know. It's just, it's savage. And I love it. Dan, what's your take on that one? And, and the other ones just jump on in. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think what, what was said about terror also works for gridiron because he's flowing, you know, like a lot more, um, like a rap flow and, Without good production there, that could become mush and um, it could really fall on its face, but it, it comes out perfect. The punitive damage, like you said, raw as fuck, raw early 80s channeling hardcore that has a even a touch of crust to it that just is so powerful. It was managed to sound like it, is the rawest hardcore out there while still being just beautifully clear to the ear. Um, Sector, we talked, we featured the production in our review of the record, and then Mind Force is just, you know, we talk all the time that um, Jay's voice is so filled with charisma, so... That needs to be up front while the music still needs to be overarchingly smashing, you know. And and it is a good point that you say that the the it's not being smashing through distortion; it's being smashing through riff. <laughs> you know, the riffs are so like giant waves coming down on you that like it it's produced perfectly because his vocals and the charisma that it brings just ride on top of those waves, you know. What's our favorite show on HBO? The White Lotus. <laughs> no, I was talking about the one with the massive waves. <laughs> oh, 100 foot wave. Yeah, 100 foot wave. <laughs> That's what Mind Force has given you every song, you know. These massive waves, but his voice is just riding on top, getting that footage and becoming surfer of the year. <laughs> yeah, and and that one is is wild too cuz it's a group effort. Like if you look at the liner notes, it's like they recorded the drums in a separate spot and they recorded the vocals. And then I believe Taylor young did the mix. So a group effort of all their people looking out for them and mind force laying it down spectacular to come out the gate in hardcore with a second great LP. We talked that a ton this year on the pod. It's one of the highlights of the year. Uh, Dan, who is the winner? Mind force new Lords. <laughs> All right, we have Taylor Young to talk the Mind Force New Lords LP. Thanks for taking the time, Taylor. Of course. What's up? What is up? Dude, 
So this thing sounds awesome. It got our production of the year. Can you talk a little bit about like how it all came about? Because they were, they did all the the instrument recordings like in different locations and the the vocals. But were you overseeing this at all, or or did you just do the mix? Uh, I oversaw it just a little bit. Um, the band hit me up first, just be, I think because they really liked the Age of Apocalypse record, which I kind of did a similar thing with, and. Uh, they asked where they should go do drums, and I sent them to G- uh, Jay at GCR in Buffalo. And they have this dude, Mike, that they did all their other records with, and I, and I thought it would be cool to keep him involved. So he did all the guitars, which um, was mostly their call. I don't want to take credit for that. And then, But then they asked if recording with Jack from uh, Age of Apocalypse for doing vocals would be a good idea, and I said, yes, it would. That would and everybody crushed it and it's a it's a unique and awesome sounding record yeah what was the mission statement like what were they going for um compared to excalibur and swinging swords chopping lords i think the overall goal was like making it sound like records they love like just kind of make making it feel a little more uh, aggressive and a little more like I, I don't want to say 90s but just like classic you know what i mean yeah and then then how do you feel when all this this stuff gets presented to you without you being able to have like your thumb on the scale oh totally it's totally cool i'm down for whatever you know everybody's vibing like I, the creative process should be loose i don't think anybody like being being rigid doesn't create cool art you know yeah yeah, I think it's so interesting, like the sound of this record, as well as like other like modern hardcore bands. Like we were talking on the on the text, but like Dare and then also Drain as bands that have like big mosh parts, but they don't necessarily lean into having lots of gain. And this is kind of the same way. This is a more moshy mind force record, but the gain isn't really there on the guitars, but they do hit like the the tempos. It's more rhythmic. There's a lot of gain, but it's uh I would say the guitars are like more scooped than the average like modern hardcore or metalcore record where it's like those those records are like the mids blasting you so so they're kind of taking up all the space whereas uh they do like a very scooped tone so it's like a little more classic metal like crossover sound but but it's still it's i would say it's definitely very overdriven and i actually did reamp the guitars just a little bit and give them even more gain in the mix um yeah yeah and then also like the last thing i wanted to talk on is like the the amount of reverb on jay's vocals always ends up being totally perfect right where it could totally be something that's this blown out and and that's what i don't like about a fair amount of crossover sounding records is like there's too much reverb on things how do you how do you nail down like this so perfectly um i i use like a couple specific reverbs um and he's got like he's obviously got a higher voice so like i can kind of find the the reverb tail eq that just kind of sits with him the best and without it having without it being too long i think the thing you're talking about is like when the reverb tail is so long after the vocal, it's just like washing out the instruments. And I, I hate that too. So yeah, like something about his voice kind of just, it's not hard to dial in. It just really sits in there. 
it is um, it is just so unique that it's nice to have someone that knows how to harness it properly yeah he's he's i mean he's great he, he's got a voice that i think everybody wants to hear too it's just it's smooth and still aggressive he's got a, a, a sick vibe to him it's just a magical band in general dude one of the best well congratulations on this record and congratulations to the the whole team that came together to make this happen it's a it's a modern classic fuck yeah we're all we're all stoked on it hell yeah all right taylor thank you for your time thank you all right best demo of 2022 dan what do we got here Okay, well, one thing that we will say is we don't know what a demo is anymore when a lot of it is just digital on a streaming service. But <laughs> Zach and I had a fun conversation where I said, hey, if you've put out like a tape-looking layout as your layout on Spotify, I'm calling it a demo tape. Anyway. That's, no, that's fair. That's fair. It, it is very confusing, and I reached out to some people asking them like, is this a demo or an EP? Because I don't want to disrespect anyone's art, but it is very interesting, right? Like what is a demo and what is a digital EP? Especially because like many things are not coming out physically at all. Right. And I don't know. And if the only physical thing is a tape is, it's just so hard to, to take things as an EP sometimes. Like there's nothing wrong with doing multiple demos, right? Breakdown did a couple demos. Like lots of bands have done multiple demos. So, I don't know. I guess it's it's interesting to me when people want to consider things EPs when they could be demos or vice versa, right? Like, I Dan, what was the the UK band that did the demo and was like, oh nope, this is an EP because yeah, they already did a demo. Wise up! I put them in this category, and then it it on their Spotify says it's a digital EP. So even though it's like a tape layout, I'm like, that's a fucking demo, <laughs> right? And like. <laughs> And honestly, like it would have been in contention to win this best demo. Like Dan absolutely loved that thing. Right. But as an EP, that EP category is pretty cutthroat. So we'll see. And there, there was another one too, that I thought like, yeah, Yeah. click. I honestly, dude, if the click EP was a demo, I think I would have given it best demo because I love that click EP so much we'll get to it it's dominated for the ep yeah like, another tape layout right right but uh i love it it's it's spectacular and but anyway let's get into best demo of 2022 dan who we got who are the nominees yeah. and you know we did just say some other things that didn't make it that are bangers but this thing is chocker block of bangers defective chain demo 2022 major pain demo 22 the Executed Demonstration, Ankle Biter, Demo 2022, Twist of Cain, Demo 22. We talked to most of this stuff on the pod this year. The only thing we did not get to was the Executed Demo. That thing is so savage. Like That dude's voice is one of the gnarliest voices I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> and to put it to like, I don't know. Pretty straightforward, but unmelodic street sounding punk. I, I guess like 1982 US hardcore. I don't know. How would you describe it, Dan? That, I think that's that's nailed on. Great. Right. Great. But with someone whose vocal cords have been dragged down the street. <laughs> right. It's almost like you would, you would think that those vocals would be like for a mosh band, right? So it sounds so cool that yeah. they're on like a pretty straightforward 
demo. Everyone's got to check out that demo. They executed um, everything else we talked about. The, the effective chain demo, absolutely awesome. Straight over the plate, hardcore out of Sacramento. The major pain demo, one of my favorite demos of the year. Again, the dude's voice for major pain is one of my absolute favorites. It's like, it just reminds me so much of killing time where it's like, not like a yelling voice. It's like a dude that just has like a grown ass man voice. And he's like talking <laughs> loud and you're like, fuck, I'm going to listen. Like we joked on the group chat because Andy diehard is a firefighter. I was like, dude, this fool can get like straight up hired. Like if <laughs> in a phone interview for the fire department, you know what I mean? People are like, ah, dude, this guy's grown. He can probably carry six people down the stairs. Fuck it. Um, <laughs> the, the ankle biter demo. We talked it on the last episode, I think, on 193 and sang the praises big time. Cool. A band that's like really playing that modern hardcore sound where it leans a little more into the two step and the bounce than the fast, but they're just doing it really, really well. And I loved that uh, that third song on it where they just went full YOLO and lost it. And then uh, the Twist of Cain demo 2022. This is one of my favorite Moshier records of the year. Um, I absolutely loved it for, for heavy hardcore, this like bringing the heat in those breakdowns, man, coming out the gate with a demo like this, fuck twist of cane is a, a force to be reckoned with. In my opinion, Dan, what's your take on all this stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Major pain, twist of cane, giving you that hard shit. Um, like you said, the executed is, it's a really cool mixture of, of styles. Like it is, the music is straightforward fast core with just brutal vocals ankle biter we we talked it up uh last episode and it is great like fast um stuff that that you need in your life and the defective chain what i love about that is it's giving you you know somewhere in between you know age of quarrel victim in pain and nowadays stuff all in like a blender and it just is recorded awesome and the cover art is fucking killer too yeah it's so good okay and the winner is defective chain demo 2022 I'm here with Ged from Defective Chain, and congratulations. You have won the 185 Miles South Demo of the Year. Hell yeah, man. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. (laughs) We fucking love this demo. When this uh, first came out, we talked it pretty early on of it coming out, I believe. Um, And we went back and forth talking about how angry and pissed and like drawing influences from a bunch of different like areas of hardcore, but you know, how would you describe it? Yeah. I mean, I, when I got hit up to do this band, definitely like I, uh, was listening to it and I was listening how like raw the material already sounded. I wanted to just stick straight to the roots of just being pissed off. And a lot of my lyrical content has to do with just like, I would say like mostly like psychological stuff and just like shit that I see that's kind of pissing me off, especially the state of the world today. And, you know, I try to keep it to as true as like what hardcore, you know, is and all that. And, uh, 
So that way I could just kind of keep that same energy when we played the songs live and all that, so, you know, come and come out that way and stuff. So <laughs> sick. So you sing and did you say who else is in the band? Yes. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, so we have Ben, he plays bass. Um, Fred, he plays guitar. And then Eric plays drums as well. Um, we're all currently living in Sacramento and these guys have had history in the past of being in other cooler big bands as well too man so it's pretty cool to just like gather and just start a project that's like kind of like something that i've been keening towards doing too man and they glad they hit me up for it too that's <laughs> sick so so they already had the music written and then we're like hey do you want to sing on this yeah pretty much man so it was actually ben and fred that um already had this material written out and then hit me up just basically saying that hey we want to start a band that's kind of like strictly hardcore punk you know and uh more, mostly like faster death side influence you know just japanese hardcore stuff which is shit that i like already like was like oh shit i've always wanted to do something like this man and it's always stuff that i was into man especially in like the hardcore side of things now so yeah because i love that this has that kind of low like it's got all the instruments playing but it also has like just a low like noise running through the recording to an extent Uh, like that gives it that full-on japanese like sound but i also hear like some total myhc in there as well oh um, definitely yeah like uh i mean one of my biggest like vocal influences definitely is like the full from like sheer terror and stuff and you know the other thing i also wanted to do was just like bring in like stuff like just like 86 mentality you know like i said one of my favorite other favorite hardcore bands too and just how they have that going back to that raw aggression, they have that kind of just like pissed off, you know, vocal style that pissed off just sound as well. And it's just very like kind of straight into your face. You know, I, I definitely was into that. And I definitely wanted to bring that kind of style into that, to this too, as well. Oh, I, I think you totally achieve it because it is very <laughs> aggressive. And that's what I instantly loved about it is just how fucking pissed it is. Um, but yeah. What, what are the next plans f- for you guys? Yeah, so um, we're going to be playing a couple of shows. I think we got another show uh, coming up, I think, next week with Primitive Blast and a couple of homies wow. from Cockering and uh, I think Earth Exit. And uh, I'm very stoked to be playing a lot more. Uh, we actually have been writing some more stuff, so I'm really excited for everyone to hear it, too, because, I mean, like, this dude Fred, man, and Ben, these guys, Eric, all these guys are super talented, just fucking putting shit out like that, man. And, yeah, I'm just excited to record more music and put it out man so yeah is there um any record besides obviously your amazing demo that you have latched onto this year that you think is like oh shit this is my record of 2022 uh instantly high biz <laughs> high biz uh that that record they put out with dias records yeah and then yeah dude that trauma and bond song has been like i think my number one played for sure and um I would love to see those guys live uh, or just, I don't know, see them come out here, you know, or if I go there or whatever, but um, that's definitely been my number one record for sure. <laughs> Sick. Well, um, thanks so much for speaking to us and like, we cannot wait for more defective chain music. So you've got to give it to us soon. Yes. Yeah. You guys will see it soon, man. I really appreciate you guys for like, checking us out and all that man it's like means a lot for sure (laughs) (laughs) all right let's jump into the best reissue category 
Um, okay. First up, we have Redemption 87 with All Guns Poolside, Blackout Records. Next up, Aggression, Don't Be Mistaken, Getting That Trust Records Treatment. Next is No Warning, the self-titled 7-inch, Heroes and Martyrs, Steve Martyr back in the game, what's up? Fourth one, Powerhouse, No Regrets on Blackout Records. And number five, Stay Gold, Pills and Advice, Indecision Records. Dan, what's your take on all this stuff? What a, Again, another packed category because all of these were done brilliantly. Uh, given the love and care that they deserve. Also, you know, reintroducing uh, or introducing a new generation to some of these, you know, that may not have ever picked this up in the past, like the Stay Gold. Um, lots of young people probably ordering that and loving it as well, you know, as well as those barnacles. Um, Trust Records, they do real love letter reissues. It's great to see Blackout busting out like the real heaters from their past and bringing those back out for everyone. The Powerhouse, the Redemption 87, and then the No Warning 7-inch. I, I have like some absolute, um, it's one of my favorite 7-inches ever. So, you know, it's great to see that some people can get the, you know, that that they never had in that format. Yeah, it's such a pivotal 7-inch. Right of like the the tides changing from that '90s posicore stuff to just being a little meaner and leaning a little more towards the New York hardcore stuff. So it's cool to have it be in print, and it it gets re put out by the dude that did it in the first place, right? Uh, yeah. With a new moniker for his record label. So that's really cool. The Blackout Records stuff is epic because these two records did not come out on vinyl in the '90s, but here they are now. The uh, second Redemption Seven record. All Guns Poolside and also the Powerhouse No Regrets. And man, we pushed for that big time. And maybe it's uh it's all lining up nicely, but maybe we had a little tiny, tiny little input there to get that back out. And that's like a victory for my record collection. This is one of my favorite LPs, you know, all time in the history of hardcore. Um, and definitely one of my f- top ten LPs of the nineties. And here it is. I finally get it in my record collection so stoked so uh that's that and then aggression you know the godfathers of nardcore and they're getting that trust records treatment which is cool i have about five or six versions of this record so it's like a whole little section of my record collection but uh yeah it's cool to give the trust treatment and also most importantly just to give that record on the streaming platforms right because they were just one of those bands where it's like Okay, classic old school punk band, but when you look them up on Spotify, it's all like the garbage stuff, right? It's like the Mystic Records stuff, which is not as good a recording, or it's like, you know, it's just the wonkier stuff, right? It's like such a disappointment when you look for a band and like all the stuff is there except for the classic, right? Like, yeah. I mean, Chris has talked before about when Seven Seconds wasn't on streaming, and it's like, you want to listen to Young Till I Die? there's like one wonky live version and then there's 25 to life covering it. You know, like (laughs) that's, that is not like the way it should be. Right. Like seven seconds young till I die is on like pretty much universally everyone's top 10 classic hardcore songs of all time. You know what I'm saying? So all this stuff is awesome. Shout out to all the labels for, for repressing things, keeping things in press. 
that stay gold, it sounds so fresh. You know, it's it's insane that it's like 20 years old. So if people didn't get into stay gold back then, check it out now. Stay gold, one word. It'll be on the playlist for this episode. But Dan, let's go to you for the winner. Okay. What color are these dice, Jeremy Lux? It is <laughs> Powerhouse, no regrets on Blackout. All right, we have Chris Powerhouse. Chris, congrats on this epic re-release. How do you feel about it? Oh, th- thanks, Zach. Thanks. Uh, it's it's exciting. We're 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 really. I mean, uh, no regrets came out in 1997. It's been 25 years, so it's we've been waiting. We've been, you know, it, it was always one of those things that we'd always hoped would be something, you know. But at the time that the record dropped, people were buying records less, so it didn't seem to make sense. And uh, you know. Uh, we always wanted to see it this way and it's, it's great to see it. It, it really is. It's, it's, it, it exceeds our expectations. I think the products really, you know, it came out nice, man. It came out really good. Yeah. Blackout did such a good job. Everyone check it out. It's blackout records. You can get it through the rev distro as well. It, I was, uh, I was stoked how nice the artwork blew up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, but you know, it, the, uh, you know, Joey Vela did the artwork and, uh, there's so much detail. There's so many things that he explained to me about the significance. Like if you look at, if you count the numbers on the dice, it actually adds up to 97. If you look in the background, like, you know, the, the, the graph on the wall, the second coming, which was his band, you know, there's all these different little things in the, the artwork itself that had significance. And so he did like this awesome job and to now see it in the size to actually get to see it in 12 inch uh, format, you know, and, and have that artwork that way is just, uh, it's amazing. It's, it's, it's amazing. It looks great, man. I'm, I'm, we couldn't be happier, you know? Yeah. So sick. It, and it's, you know, this is one of my favorite records of all time, hardcore records, which Thank means you. it's one of my favorite records. And it's just, it's so nice. Cause I feel like when stuff's on vinyl, it's just, it's more timeless, right? Like, yeah, absolutely. It's in your collection. You know, you tuck it away, you treat them right. Like CDs, we've all treated them different, you know, sometimes yep. you keep them nice. Sometimes, you know, you separate the CD and put it in a, a booklet you know, and, and you lose the case, whatever, but like vinyl, like, I don't know, it's just kind of instilled in you try to keep it, keep it as clean as possible. And it just makes, it makes it timeless, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. You know, the, 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 um, the experience with the record is, is very different. Um, you know, you, you get the CD, you throw the CD in the CD changer, you know, whatever it was at the time, you push a button, you jump through the tracks. Like there was, um, a lot more, I guess, almost disregard for the, the the format almost. Like you just, it was, it didn't require much. You know, you could just kind of jump around and, you know, becomes a coaster and whatever. But with, 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 with the record, at least for me, and I've, I've heard other people say the same thing, but you, you you pick it up and because of the size of the artwork, you really look at it and you you admire it and you, you flip to the back and you look at the credits and you look who they thanked and you read the lyrics and, and you know, you're doing all this while you're listening to it. And so it's, it's truly an entire experience that you would never really do even now. Like when you're streaming more times than not, you're not looking at your phone. You just, you know, you put on what you're trying to do and you throw it back in your pocket or you put it wherever it's supposed to be. Or if you're driving in your car and you just, you, you disregard it almost. But I don't know for me, particularly, I know anytime I put a record on because I knew I'd want to hear a lot of it. I, I'm going to sit around and wait because I got to flip the side and this and that. And maybe that doesn't sound convenient to some people, but at the same time, you're now kind of, 
immersing yourself in the in the whole experience that the band is providing you know yeah for sure and lp definitely and tape to a lesser extent like you you sit down and you take the whole ride you know yeah. and and so much of like putting out an lp is deciding like what order of the song is going to be in like the sequence yeah. and, and that's something that like you know this record does so well right like obviously the first song and the last song are, are thought out of where they need to be yeah yes yes it's one of those things you know when working with lars lars Fredrickson, you know produced this record for us too and um that was one of those things sequence is huge sequence is very big and you know it's like okay what's our first track on the second side like how do we come back in and how does that, that last song on the first side you know you know fade that first side out or whatever or, or end the first side you know um yeah there's a there's a lot more thought knowing that things may end up on our, on, on record and that was always our hope you know and that's why you know the way this lays out now still seems to work when you go onto the record because we said hey if this thing's ever on a record this ha- this is how it should work hell yeah i love it everyone go pick it up blackout records you can also get it through the rev distro and don't sleep on the powerhouse record from this year renegades came out on pitchfork i love them both chris thanks thank so much you, for your time yes thank you that all right we are jumping into the best comp track of 2022 the best song that was on a compilation dan what do we got yeah um interestingly enough like you know there was a, a bunch of comps this year but 2021 there was like so many that we were like what are we gonna do especially those america's hardcore ones those are nuts um this one has five killer tracks two witnesses the way that these things go off the ldb 502 comp x weapon x you can't outrun off the same compilation last gasp Greetings from Nightmare City off of the Youth Crew 2022 comp. Gridiron, playing for keeps off the One Scene Unity 3 comp. And then Bootlicker, The Leash, off the British Columbia Bother 14 Agro Anthems compilation, which is a killer comp. Get into it. Dude, if it was for the comp title, that one would win it. (laughs) Jesus. Although actually... (laughs) One scene unity three is like straight up probably my favorite thing ever. You know what I mean? Like I always loved when I'll like when comps have like that second edition, the best being like it's New York's hardest volume two, like fuck <laughs> yeah, you know, this rules so stoked. But yeah, all these comps are sick. Um, I had been aware of all of these bands. The only one that made our short list of a band that I had not heard before was that last gasp band. And this song brings the heat so hard. It's like straight over the plate, hardcore. It reminded me so much of, of the band committed. It was around in like the late nineties, early two thousands. Um, but yeah, they, they bring the heat and they bring it hard at the end of that song. So it's like modern youth crew and then going into some, some serious shit. Huh, Dan? Yeah. Yeah. It gets, it gets really hard, but the, the vocals like ride it so well. It's, it's, it's an awesome uh, breakdown at the end of the song song rips it's fast and it's a minute 30 they know what they're doing yeah is it weapon x or x weapon x i or is it just weapon i have no idea i think, that, I think they go by weapon x but you know x weapon x uh when it's written so they go by weapon x because that's 
Wolverine in it. Right on. Yeah, this is one of your favorite demos of the year. Dan, how how did you think this comp track held up to to the demo? It's sick. It's hard. It's straight edge. It's 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 what I'm asking for. <laughs> they gave it to me. Um cool title. Um sits sits nicely on that comp. The comp is a very good comp, so you know, you got to you got to bring it to be noticed on this compilation. Yeah, the the track that kicks it off though, that two witnesses, the way that these things go song is so savage. It starts out like very like death threat, peace and security sounding. Yeah. And then like goes into like hundred demons in the eyes of the Lord sounding stuff. And like just bouncing back between those two things, like to be so heavy, but then not to fall for any of like the metal Corey tropes. I hate like those, those siren chords or the alarm chords, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. You know, or the panic chords. I think sometimes people say, I hate that shit. They never go there. It's like they're they're going with all the influences that I like. Clevo well, shit. You know, it's like the Clevo shit, that fucking Connecticut shit, and yeah. they're just bringing the pain. And this song's a grower. Like the first time you listen to it, you're like, oh, that was sick. Second time you listen to it, you're like, oh, I, I really like this. And then the third time you're like, yo, two witnesses, give me more. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and their demo is great from this year as well. The demo or the yeah. EP. Um, I love that thing we talked about on the podcast. But yeah, this song, like you said, Dan, it's a grower. Like I listened to it, I put on the short list, and then when I made the little my initial playlist for this episode, I listened to it and I was like, Good God, man, the song's good. I listened to it like five times in a row. And I was just like, God, this thing keeps getting better. And I think I I tossed that out in the group chat as well. Um The Gridiron and the Bootlicker. These are two bands you know exactly what to expect, and they totally deliver in these comp songs. There's, You never know what way a band's going to go when it comes to a comp song. Are they going to give you something throwaway? Are they going to give you a cover? Are they going to bring the heat because they want to win best song on the comp? You know, And Gridiron and Bootlicker, I don't think these are like their best songs, but I do think that these are great songs for those bands, right? Like This Gridiron song completely represents what the band's all about. It's so catchy. It's awesome. The bootlicker, same thing. They bring the heat, like what you're used to from their LP. It's here in this song. Neither of these tracks are throwaway. I like them both a lot. Uh, Dan, what's your take on these two? Yeah. I mean, even the title, Playing for Keeps, it's just right in the gridiron, like manifesto, isn't it? You know, the sound, the lyrics, the everything. They're just, they're representing themselves like incredibly on this. And then the bootlicker, it's rad because it's going up against like lots of somewhat tuneful oi or not even aggressive tuneful oi on this comp. And um, what they're doing is they're giving you that like crazy, like hard punk with oi um, slight nods. So they're definitely standing out in that regard too, but it's just like, brutal hardcore punk and it's fucking awesome but not like um what we loved about them is the the fact that they they're another band that doesn't like have crazy distortion they have these like almost like rock and roll tones to their guitars but they're cranked up so high they're they're wobbling and wavering and it just makes their sound so good so yeah this is this is awesome from bootlicker we we 
Can't wait to have more. And I, I believe in our group chat, we just shared that they did put something else out. So I can't wait to dive into that. I think that was a compilation of all their EPs. Oh, okay. Like they got all put together in one place. And maybe maybe not all of it was on streaming before. And it definitely wasn't all on like a 12-inch. So yeah, sick. And it's cool because I haven't heard that stuff yet. I, I still haven't gotten around to it. But we talked to the Bootlicker LP this year or last year, whenever it came out. And... Yeah, like Dan said, the sound. This is this is like a, you know, example A of like a band where like the recording and the sound is like the fifth member, and it was sick to hear that they like sound like that on this comp too. Like it wasn't like a one off for the LP. You know, it's not like they got in a studio and you know the engineer was able to like create something for them. Like the fact that they're laying it down the same way on like this where they have two comp tracks. I don't know. Super sick. This band brings the heat. Uh, let's go to the winner. Dan, pass me that envelope. There you go. Oh, I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> all right. The winner is two witnesses. The way that these things go off the LDB 502 comp. All right. We have Jim from two witnesses. Jim, we took uh, the song The Way That These Things Go as our best comp song of 2022. Thanks for coming on to talk about it. Thanks for having me on, and thanks for uh, thanks for picking my, my my silly little song to be <laughs> the best of anything. Dude, this thing rules. We love the demo, but like comp tracks are very interesting, right? Because bands, they can either go in to crush it and be like the champion of the comp, or they mm-hmm. can toss in like a cover, a throwaway song. And like... Right. But generally, the first song on the comp is going to bring the heat, and like this one did. How did you attack like doing the song and then deciding that you wanted to uh, put it on a comp? Well, so when we did the demo, we recorded the whole the the three song demo that we put out in last year, so summer spring twenty twenty one. We knew that there was going to be a comp coming out. Um, that Tyler from LDB was like, "Hey, I'm doing this comp." want you to be on it i was like cool so i had four songs and i was like well we'll just take one of these songs and we'll put it on the comp um so we've had that song ready to go since you know april of last year uh and then it took a while for the comp to come out so by the time the comp came out we had already released our last ep uh so it was you know we progressed past the comp song by the Mm -hmm. time the comp song had already come out but i still really like that song um, but like, I don't know why he picked it to be the opener. Um, considering that, like, you know, Louisville bands are super incestuous. Like I'm on that comp. I, I play in on four different songs. Oh, Jesus. yeah. The, the weapon X band made the short list as well. Are, are you in that? I am not in that. Um, but, uh, weapon X shares members of two witnesses as well as a bunch of other bands. So. Yeah, what what is like the main influence for Two Witnesses? Because like when I listen to this track, is the the other record is like a little more Clevo, I think, like the EP. But this sure. one is like, it's just straight up like Death Threat mashed up with like Hundred Demons. What do you think? Connecticut has been the driving force for this band. Um, like Death Threat and Hundred Demons are like, and obviously Hate Breed are like three of my favorite bands ever. So uh, definitely. 
was leaning more uh, on the death threat influence on the comp song. A uh, little bit of figure four also. I was listening to a lot of figure four when I wrote that song. Um, and then by the time the EP came out, I was just like, all right, I was listening to just so much Hunter Demon self-titled and like, uh, you know, and in the eyes of the Lord as well. And, you know, Marauder and just a bunch of, you know, super metallic, you know, heavy hardcore bands. Well, I love it. This thing rules. What do we have to look forward to you uh, to from two witnesses in the next year or so? God, we are, I, we're definitely going to be, we're going to try to get a little bit more done next year. Uh, it's been a really tough year because uh, we share members with like Inclination and Knock Loose and Gates to Hell who are all super active. Uh, so we, we kind of get the, 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 uh, the leftovers of whatever time has left to do sure. stuff. But uh, I think we're going to have a little bit more time. We want to get out. Uh, I, the LDB Fest lineup just came out today and we're playing that again. So I'm super excited about that. Um, we'll definitely have uh, new music out before then. Uh, I believe we're going to do two new songs and record two covers. And then we're doing we're in talks of maybe doing a split in the back half of the year in 2023 as well. I love it. Well, congratulations. Best comp track of 2022. It's there. The way that these things go off the LDB 502 comp. What's up? Thank you so much. Again, I'm, 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 I'm really honored and, and we love uh, everyone in the band loves this podcast. So, all right, we are going to talk the best EP of 2022. Jumping into it. The first one is Speedway with Paradise. End it, unpleasant living. Click, looters in paradise. Field of flames, constructing a war against you. And world of pleasure, world of pleasure and friends. Dan, killer year for EPs. What's your take on this stuff? And we left like 15 other songs, I mean EPs, out of this too. Like. Yeah. The list was so packed. Um, yeah, th- this these are incredible. Um, starting with Speedway. Speedway sounds like if now um, if Have Heart loved old DC hardcore and um, beyond <laughs> more with a little bit of Dag Nasty mixed in there. I, it's just. It's so good. It's melodic. It's crazy. Chris, you know, this is a posy Chris Ben Edge love fest on this track too. They uh, on this EP, they love it. I agree. It's so good. Yeah, um, Dan, did did this go like under the radar? It's wild that it went under the radar because it's so good, and it's on Revelation. And yeah, it's like in the if we're comparing it to other modern bands, it's in the one step closer maybe praise like silo and they do it great. Just like those two bands do It's, it's wild that it got kind of overlooked. I think unless I'm just like, unless it just missed me, like the, the love for this. Yeah, we do on our, on our group chat. We did, we did fuck with this quite a bit, but I don't think we discussed, discussed it on the pod maybe. So we didn't. And I didn't see anyone else really talking about this, like out there in the hardcore world. Yeah, well, everyone, you need to get into Speedway. It's fucking so legit. I think they're European band, so maybe I that Sweden, Sweden. Yeah, so maybe that 
has a harder time like people seeing them and like talking about them in the parlance of our locale, you know? Um, but then we go to Baltimore and it gives us unpleasant living and we just fucking jump out a window because this makes you want to live, die and somewhere in between. Like this EP is so fantastic, has so much charisma, has so many riffs that want to just, oh, it's just fucking unbelievable. Right. Dude. Yeah. And, and also like, obviously we're talking the EP. So that's like these six songs that are on unpleasant living, but the LP that they put out for it, shout out to Flatspot. This is like, they basically put out the end discography up to this point. You know, it's like the last like Digi EP, it's a demo. And then these six songs like kick it off. So it's like this thing is like an LP worth of material. And everything they've done has been so interesting. This EP by itself, if I was going to give it one knock, I think like it's actually too short, you know? And usually we like listen to bands and we wish that they trimmed off a couple songs. Yeah. This is like, man, I actually want even more meat, you know? Yeah. And, and what they do so well is like they, they tuck so much stuff into like these really short songs. Like Dan, can you pronounce that, uh, that French looking song? Oh shit! I'd have to pull up the track list then. It's like La Pelle du Vide. Yeah. But anyway, like God, the way the dude sings on that song is so awesome, and it's just so short. It's like you know a couple ticks over a minute. So, and then obviously New Age Slavery, one of the the big songs this year. But God, they keep bringing the heat. Like the Twenty One, the Heat Keeper. These songs are so short. And then the comeback is like the one song where they go over two minutes and that bass part, like that riff, like the so catchy, like this band can not fail. I want an LP so bad. Um, I just, I absolutely love this band and I I want that long form, you know, give it to me, give me more than I need. I want to listen to it until I'm bored. They're also smashing it lyrically. New age slavery, read the lyrics to that and just bow down. It's a, it's a brilliant song. It's um, so good. All right, next, click Looters in Paradise. I thought it was a demo. It's an EP, people. Um, yeah, yeah. I was confused. Oh, I, I messaged them, and they they clarified that it was an EP. Might have won demo of the year. This EP category is so stacked. We'll see what they do. But yeah, Dan, go on. Sorry. Yeah, just absolutely hard. Um, taking the beat down formula into a um heady wet heady world and talking of social issues and um just giving you like clever brutality. It's yeah, great. it's spectacular. It's like you know, it's not too different musically than like the modern mosh music like let's say that like that band sector i think they're one of the better bands is playing like a modern moshy style click is not that different from it but the sound is a little different it's a little bit looser and they they toss in a little more yolo like they're just gonna do a scissor beat in this part and you know just because whatever the fuck and i love that about it and then yeah diving into those lyrics like this dude is a straight up lyricist and to be this poetic 
in like a straightforward way. Like his way with words is amazing. And for this style, like, you know, which is mostly Moshi, like to come with lyrics this good is absolutely fabulous. It's like end it and click are both like laying down a lyrical standard that I wish more bands like strive to get to because good God, it's awesome. So check it out. You can check out the lyrics on the band camp. I don't know if it's on the Spotify, but read them and check it out for both these bands. End it and click. If you didn't get uh, the records, Dan, what's next? Field of flames, constructing a war against you, giving you that, um, love letter to nineties metallic hardcore. I won't say the metalcore cause it's not going to what would be considered metalcore 2000 and on. This is like what was metallic hardcore from like 95 to 98, you know, it's so fantastic while still being a product of today. Like anytime that I always say, <clears throat> something's channeling something doesn't mean that it's 100% that you can't escape what the world you're in now. So you take that influence and you create something new pairing it with what you're influenced by today and feel the flames do that beautifully. Um, I really love this EP. Yeah, it is very on the nose of like a, a love letter to nineties metallic hardcore. But like you said, it it's not like they're, they're just copying something because what they're doing is, you know, it's, it's 25 years since. Right. And we have the benefit now of all this music being available. So what they can do is they can go through and like cherry pick the best parts of these songs, because realistically outside of like a handful of bands, like, you know, the earth Christ seven inch, the unbroken stuff LP and like the last seven inches. I don't like a lot of nineties metallic hardcore, you know, but when I listen to field of flames, I'm like, God, they like chose all the best shit. Cause I like all these songs. You know, and, and these guys are like, I don't know that, that whole real base shit crew, they can't miss, right? Like they know how to truncate things and write nice, succinct, succinct, succinct songs. Don't get at me pops. I talk weird <laughs> sometimes, but yeah, they, they just know how to like cut it all down and make it sick. It, this is, is awesome. And then also we should say much like the end it, like the LP is like, all right, well, we're doing vinyl toss everything on there. This field of flames is like my absolute favorite format, right? It's like you did an EP before and now you did a new EP. That's going to be on vinyl, toss that old one on the other side, right? So you, now you got like all the field of flame songs on one place and yeah, it's great. And then lastly, damn that world of pleasure, Chris, I believe it was Chris or Steph took a song from the demo last year. This is now an EP. They are bringing the heat. This girl's voice is so savage. And they do also like kind of, if Field of Flames is like merging like all the styles of like 90s metalcore, World of Pleasure to my ear, and this is from someone that, you know, is not an aficionado of the sound. They lean a little more into that Earth Crisis chug more so. But for whatever reason, they just do it in such a palatable way that I love. And then her voice on top of it is just epic. I, I love this, Dan. What's your take? Yeah, I love it too. I, I love that the EP looks like it's a Game Boy game, like nailed down to the absolute like 
layout. Um, I love that it's World of Pleasure and Friends because they have a different guest vocalist on each song with them. Um, and it, I think it it's just, it's so cool to like be singing about things that, you know, there's a song on here called Everybody Finds Love. And it's it's a really it's a biting indictment of of um you know it it can be it's it's basically just tearing someone apart <laughs> it's just tearing someone apart lyrically but it's the last line i just it just stayed with me it's so fucking brutal it's like everybody finds love i hope you don't oof yeah oh yeah all right well dan let's go to the winner okay all right yeah i mean anybody could have won but end it unpleasant living takes this All right, everyone. We got a kill from uh, Indit. How you doing, bud? I'm alright, bro. How are you? I'm doing good, dude. I got hip to the the Digi EP, the 2021, like way after it came out, like end yeah. of the year. So it didn't make my end of the year list, but like that thing was so sick. And I never heard Thank the you. demo or nothing. But this year, you guys put out a proper EP. We uh, voted it our EP of the year. And uh, oh, thank you. Yeah, man. I this thing is so awesome. Like, do you feel like fulfilled with doing this band? Is it everything you wanted it to be? Uh, it's getting there. In, in all honesty, I didn't expect this much uh, from this band. If I can be honest, uh, I just wanted to be in a hardcore band. I didn't have really any goals or aspirations or anything. And now that we've done it for a while and I'm seeing so many other people like it, I guess we're doing something good. <laughs> yeah. But it's less about the admiration and more about like, your lyrical game is top notch. Like it's something for people to aspire to, right? It, Thanks, sir. Because, well, I mean, I like hardcore music to be like simple yet creative, but the lyrics, like it's what sets bands apart. Right. I mean, yeah. You feel that way as a lyricist? I mean, that's what all my favorite bands, like outside of hardcore uh, hip hop, anything. Yeah. I'm all about the lyrics. Cause like a, a good bar can, can bolster a generic beat. You know what I mean? For sure. And and this record, it seems more so like the, the EP, it seemed like there was like sometimes like bigger musical parts, like, like you kind of know the breakdowns coming, like these parts that like kind of pop the crowd a bit, but it almost seems like on this record, you guys have, have blended a little better, like them creating like a, I don't know, like a plate for you to like songwrite on, right? Like a plane for it. Instead yeah. of like trying to pop the big parts just with the music, it's like they they're confident now that like you're gonna bring the heat no matter what, so they can like kind of take a little step back. Do you feel like that? Yeah. Or? Well, uh, that's a good observation. I I can't disagree with you. I can just tell you when the when the, that first demo, I was the last person to join the band, and I'm I'm all about not wanting to do but so much. You know, you gotta feel out the the uh, the culture or whatever group you're about to become part of. So those songs were already written. Then I hopped on. You know what I mean? Like that band already had an identity 
then I joined said band. For sure. So for the EP and then for for this EP, the Digi EP and then this, you feel like you you had more like input into the actual song structure. Well, uh, not necessarily input in terms of like the notes and music, but and us going on the road and those dudes getting to know me a little better. Right. Stuff I had exposed them to, things they exposed me to, we were able to build a little bit more. You know. Yeah, yeah I love it. Or if if like the one criticism I would have of this record is like the the brevity of it, which would be like never a criticism in hardcore, right? But it's like <laughs> how, how often. Every time a band puts out a record, you're like, it's good. If they shaved off two songs, it would be great. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then this thing is like, fuck, they did it again. Like last time, it's like, we only get four songs. This time, it's like five plus an intro. When are you going <laughs> to give us the real meat, dude? I want 10 songs. So we're doing uh, whatever we're going to write for this full length. We got some other people giving us some input. Because things are going in a different direction. People do want a longer song. Uh, so that's, yeah, that's where we're headed. Longer song. But I, you know, there was never an intention to write such short songs. Yeah. You know, it's just like, that's the song. We play punk. No, for sure. It's, it's nice to have those blazers, right? But you you laid it out with uh, the comeback song is over two minutes. You broke two minutes and the band didn't blow up. <laughs> you know? <Right? laughs> so, but it's yeah, actually, they're, they're going to get longer. We, we've been talking about it in the van. And like my dad, every time we talk about the band in any capacity he's like you know the songs will have to get longer <laughs> i'm like yeah you're right we play to a broader audience they're not here to just like mosh real hard for 40 seconds they want to listen to a song so i get it yeah i mean just to me it's great talking to you because just the way that you guys balance like the the headiness of your lyrics with also trying to with also being able to accomplish like some igno stuff still right like you still are gonna have like fuck you backups, no backups, like that stuff. Like, how do you, how do you balance that? I don't know. In all honesty, uh, with the, between COVID and like trying to do life and whatnot, whereas my guitarist, shout out Ray Lee, he writes the leads. He, Ray writes pretty much all the music in the beginning and a lot now. Um, that boy's insane. Like he's out of his fucking mind. So he'll just serve up something nice. And then uh, I'll wait until day of. And while he's filling out leads, redoing leads and whatnot in the studio, I'm just sitting there jotting something down. And like, this, this shit is real spontaneous. Yeah. But do you feel like, cause it sounds like you have a lot of respect for him as a songwriter. Like, does that in turn make you step your game up? Right. Like if he's holding up his end with being super creative, you feel like you need to be also. So I try to meet his level of creativity. Uh, but what really, I mean, I'm, I've never even considered it, in all honesty. I'm just writing whatever I felt in that moment and then put some type of rhythm to it. And there we go. Yeah. Well, what are so we either I'm really either I'm really fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're. You're pretty fucking good, dude. This is this is a special band. You're a special lyricist. This is like our favorite EP of the year for sure. And uh, yeah, much respect, dude. We love this thing and love your band. Oh, yeah. Thank you, my dude. All right. Jumping into one of my personal favorite categories. We are talking the best riff of 2022. Dan, what are the nominees? 
All right, this is Reggie's favorite category as well. He just got up and came and stood right next to me. So, number one, speed. Every man for themselves. The riff we're talking about is the second half of the song right after the Metallica one riff part. Next up, terror, can't help but hate. The opening and ending riff, brutality. Next up, wise up, spitting venom. Opening verse riff. God, it's good. It's so good. Reggie, I know you're pissed. Um, Next up, D-block, mouthpiece. Opening verse riff, channeling Florida, channeling long hair, channeling big, thick drumsticks. Next up, sector, writing on the wall. It's the opening verse riff. And how would you describe that, Zach? (laughs) <laughs> it's funny because yeah you took a little bit of my uh my speed note and i was like god damn it dan don't take every one of my little notes because <laughs> that's all i got yeah this sector right in the wall song the opening slash first riff because it comes in dude this dude is so fast with his right hand and his left hand it is just a straight up bob your head ass riff it's it's the way to kick off a record right you do the intro and you're like hell yeah i'm ready for this and then when the first full song comes in, it's like they bring the heat even harder than the intro. This riff is so good. And actually the riff that comes after it is really, really good too. This sector record is like, I remember it was, I was watching some documentary once. I think it was, it was either, I think it was about death angel. And like when their first like LP came out, like nowadays, you know, you get that little sticker on the top. It's like for fans of whatever, Right. But like their sticker to straight up said, this record has 117 riffs on it. <laughs> like, it's like, fuck yeah. That's kind of <laughs> what this like reminds me of. Like, dude, it's just riff on riff on riff. And right out the gate, this is so sick. Up to that speed. Yeah, dude. It's the whole second half of the song. And this is like one of the things I love about hardcore, right? Take something simple and run it through that blender. You know what I mean? It's like, and this riff is so catchy. Like they do it every way, right? They're going to serve it up to you fried. Then they're going to serve it up to you broiled. Then they're going to serve it up to you grilled. You know what I mean? And then they're going to serve it up to you blackened. Like it's like, dude, they put this riff out like every way possible. And it's just like, that is straight up what makes great hardcore right it's like taking an idea and putting a creative twist on it but it's like also oh sorry carry on go no well it's just it's making something that's like super simple like this riff is like not technical like if i if i sat down and like it would take me time practicing to play the sector riff you know which is so ill but like this speed riff it's like this could be your first guitar riff Right. Like this is one that you could learn like in your first week of playing guitar. And that's kind of what makes it so brilliant is like it's simple, but it's so catchy and it's just so creative. Like the way they run it through like this, this cycle of ideas. Dan, go ahead. Yeah. Well, what I was going to say is that, okay, it's got that Metallica one part and like straight up like tribute to Metallica one part. Right. It's doing the darkness imprisoning me, that kind of riff it's doing that and then it's almost like dj screw like chops and screws like the song 
Cause right. then it goes to like this, like groove, like slow, slower, like crazy riff. And then they lay a tasteful solo on top that only enhances it. And then it drops away and it carries on. It's so good. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. And then next up this terror, that can't help but hate again, just coming right off the gate on this song. The da, 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 a big long Todd Jones riff reminds me a lot of like that death threat outcast riff off piece of security. And it's just as good. It's just as good, right? Laying it down, you know, 20 years after that song came out, I absolutely love this riff. And then like many great songs, they bookend, like it opens with this riff. It ends with this riff. It is so hard. And the best part of the riff is like it does the da 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 da, but it's the jin 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 where the real power lies in it. Like yeah, it's it, the most simple part is where it excels. Yeah, it's like in that straight open palm mute, right? Yeah, that's like what feels so good when you're 14 and you're playing guitar and you're just you know playing E as heavy as you can, palm muted. Like it's that feeling, but of course Jones can do it better than all of us. Um, <laughs> moving on to wise up spitting venom. Uh, this is the opening riff and the verse riff. This riff is sick, dude. It's like one of those things. Like I love that first song on the turning point seven inch, you know, the it just sounds like something like a guy sat down. He had his guitar on his knee and was like playing a riff and he probably played it for 30 minutes straight because it's that sick. That's kind of how this riff is to me. Like it's kind of a basic ass hardcore riff, but it's really good. And then he adds like in those little harmonics at the tail end of the riff, which is like, as Dan would say, the chef's kiss. And it works like, you know, doing this riff by itself. And then when it kicks in with like the bounce drums, it works so perfectly. And I I can't say that I was necessarily seeing that bounce coming, but it worked so great. Dan, what's your take on this one? Oh, you just described it perfectly. And the great thing about this song is it's different to the majority of the rest of the EP. It's their like, all right, we're going to push the boat out a little bit further, you know, and it works so well. It's such a great riff. Uh, If people haven't checked out this uh, EP slash demo, (laughs) why is (laughs) it? check it out it's fantastic and this song really like comes along and like knocks you over because it's not like the rest right and this song will be on the playlist everyone 185 milesouthcom click that playlist link check it out all right lastly that d block song dan you plucked this one we talked d block this uh year on the pod you chose this riff on the song mouthpiece it's the opening and the verse riff much like the wise up you know go from the opening riff into the verse. This thing is so brutal. It really just reminds me of like a slower cannibal corpse song, like scourge of iron or something like that. Like it is that gnarly. It could stand up to all that death metal shit. And like, that's very relevant in this year, 2022. First off, we got corpse grinder singing on that actual terror song that we just put in this category. Then you got like a lot of death metal, like, influence in hardcore and also all that death metal stuff right on the like uh, right on the edges of hardcore because like the maggot stomp label right with scott mcgrath yeah and and just you know the success of gulch and bands that are directly influenced by them now you know 
Yeah. And like, you know, if, if we're going to count alternative music as hardcore adjacent, then we can, we can count death metal. So fuck it. I love all, all pieces of this big, beautiful beast, as we say. All right, Dan, who is the winner? Um, the winner is speed every man for themselves. Um, All right, we got Jamma from the band Speed. What's up, dude? Chillin', man. How are you, Zach? Doing good, doing good. We got to give Speed the riff of the year on that second half of the song, Every Man for Themself. It just brings the heat, dude. <laughs> that's, that's an honor. That's an honor. Which, which riff is it in, in, uh, exactly? Okay, so on the first half of the song, you're busting out like kind of Metallica style, like the... But then it goes dun 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 and it's so good because in my opinion, what makes hardcore the best is like when you come up with a simple idea, make it creative, and just work it and make it your own. And you guys like work this riff like a million different ways in that song. Dude, I I really, really appreciate that. Firstly, thank you. I was, I was hoping I was going to get some acapella with it. So that's sick. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Dude, very good job. That's awesome. And, um, but secondly, you know, like when we wrote that song, Every Man for Themselves, the, the intro was probably like one of the songs that we, uh, that we had in mind for the EP uh, from the very beginning. Um, and we were going to do it in, mo- in many different ways. And we're actually going to release it even earlier than the EP. But because like a band's intro is so significant, it has so much weight to the intro of that band, you know, um, it just took us so long to get it right. And, 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 and that song itself, like you know, it's so many different versions of the intros that we've written. And even in this alone, this song alone, like I've rewritten it like at least 15 times or 20 times just to try and get it right. And it, where it landed, I was happy, but like there were still things even on reflection that like, I feel like it could have been better, but I, it's a big G up and, uh, and I really appreciate hearing that because, um, yeah, I, you've had a lot of awesome guests on this pod and you guys are OGs with it. And, and I know you, you, you know, everything from the beginning of time with Harko. So it's a big honor. <laughs> yeah. Like, do you remember that riff? Like the first time you heard it in the room when you're playing together, like how it felt? Um, yeah. Um, to be honest, uh, I, I, I pretty much write everything for speed. So I was, I was, I was playing it by myself, just like where I'm sitting right now in, in, sure. in this room. I was playing it to myself. And um, I guess, yeah. It, it, I, honestly, when I wrote it first, I thought, oh, that, that sounds really dumb. <laughs> and, and, and that's kinda, I think that's kind of how I knew it was going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's so wild, right? Because it, it feels so like laid back and like confident. And then the way it comes in on like, the ride being so hard, it's just a sick juxtaposition, you know, and then reworking it, reworking it like to like the beat down tempo and all that. I, it's just so sick, dude. This is so ill. Thank you so much. I, man, fuck that's you're, you're spraying me up. Bro. I, 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 I really appreciate it. <laughs> uh, hey, that's what we want to do. That's, that's the thing in the pod, right? Is put everyone on a pedestal while they're still alive. I don't want to like <laughs> tell everyone they're dope when they're gone. You know what I mean? Well, I hope I, got, I hope I still got someone years ahead of me, so you have some more opportunities to come to. That's right. Yeah, we can't wait for the next one, dude. More than six songs next time, maybe eight. It's it's coming. It's coming. I tell you that much. I can't wait. All right, Jim. Congratulations and thanks so much for taking the time. 
Thank you, Zach. I appreciate you, man. All right, dude. Similar to Best Riff, but different. And something that Hardcore does better than anything else. We are talking about the best breakdown of the year 2022. Dan, what do we got? We got some chunky ones for you. Speed, Big Bite. This has two breakdowns, and they both rip. So they're getting double duty here. Number two, Terror, Pain into Power. Number three, Desmadre, Memories. Number four, Gridiron, Helter Skelter. Number five, Mind Force, Survival is Vengeance. Dude, all five of these should win. And again, this is like all these categories. It was very hard to narrow this down, you know, but I think all five of these deserve to be here. And first off, talking about speed, the big bite song, these two breakdowns are so district nine. They sound like they're almost lifted off that song, live life off the seven inch. And it makes me love them even more. You know, like we talk about bands like field of flames, you know, kind of, almost being like a love letter to nineties hardcore. Here's like speed. Who's coming out doing this like big mosh sound. And I don't know, maybe, maybe they know desert nine. Maybe they don't. Right. But these parts are so similar and it's just so ill. What do you think, Dan? <laughs> it's straight up the footage of district nine stomping in that outdoor set on the NYHC, uh, documentary VHS. It's this riff, <laughs> like it's this, right. and I love that they went there. And not only is it that, you know, District 9 is coming out of a scene that, like, was helmet adjacent. So they're, District 9 were channeling, like, the helmet style, like, you know, the, the chugger, but stop letting the negative space breathe. And it works so well on this speed song because the rest of it is so chunky and brutal. And then it has this negative space that adds so much more venom to the whole song in general. It's so fantastic. Terror pain into power, like right out the gate, like, holy shit, dude. First song on the record coming in under a minute. It's like, it sets the vibe for the whole record, but this breakdown on the end, like Vogel doesn't even get to do a mosh call right on this song because the song has the mosh call in it, right? Terror crew tried and true. No, it's so fucking gnarly. Um, so to me, that's perfection. The way that it goes into it with the gang vocal, then it goes into it. And then at the tail end of the breakdown, Vogel comes in just singing so hard. Oh my God. It's so fucking good. But yeah, terror crow, try to draw. <laughs> oh, people are getting perfect hardcore song straight up. Um, okay, the Desmadre, the memories. Dude, this reminds me so much of what we chose last year, which was that that band Adversary with the song Retaliate. Like, <laughs> this song is so sick. Like, first of all, I don't I don't know. If I was gonna describe Desmadre, I wouldn't like think about them being like a giant big mosh band. But this this part on the end of it, it's like actually two parts, right? It fully brings the heat. Like they the first breakdown is like these gnarly like squeals on a mosh part. And panic chords. <laughs> no, 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 no. There's difference between the squeals, which are very nice to my ear, and those panic chords, which are very like I don't know, all the 
like the trust kill metalcore bands that I didn't I know like. you mean. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I love squeals. So I don't know. I love this thing that it was just like, okay, they hit this giant big mosh and then they go into another giant big mosh. Like so sick. It's a it's a memories doubleheader here. Dan, what do you think about this one? Yeah, it's wild. Um when this breakdown first comes in, there's the lowest guttural vocal that's like almost acting like an eight oh eight on the yeah. breakdown. It's like just sitting underneath it, you know? It's like giving it that um you know, like uh what the bagpipes like drone part is. It's pretty cool. And then yeah, like you say, it like it expands into that secondary part. It's uh it's extremely brutal. Um and I was not familiar with this band before this, uh checking these out for this for the yes yeah, sick, sick band is worth checking out um i think this might have been the only song they put out this year so we haven't talked to them on the podcast but yeah la hardcore band that's like doing interesting things like yeah pretty pretty cool stuff um okay gridiron helta skelta this is probably the biggest breakdown on the gridiron record the that lp like while it has like that big moshy sound a lot of it is bounce and a lot of it is flow and a lot of it is, you know, like Slayer esque riffs and parts. Like they don't really lean into the giant breakdown so much, in my opinion. But like here is one, you know, and it's big enough to make the list. This breakdown is awesome. What do you think, Dan? Yeah, and it has um either the guitar player or the bass player do like a really like hard, deep vocal on on a part of it. What I love about when when breakdowns happen, I mean, obviously sometimes that just the riff itself can just pummel you and it's the best. But I love when like a bit of a vocal can like round out the breakdown at the end, you know, like just catch it at the end just to give it that taking it from fourth to fifth gear, you know, um, and give give people while they're being decimated in the pit, something to yell out as their last words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then lastly, mind force survival is vengeance. We touched on this briefly earlier, but this is like the biggest mind force breakdown and it kind of comes out of nowhere. And it yeah, just sounds so, totally it does. sounds so it, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. It totally comes out of nowhere. Cause he, he's, you've got the, the vocal, um, you know, with the reverb, like, cause he has that sick, just, just the right amount of reverb on his voice always. Like it's produced perfectly. So it's got that and you're thinking, and then it's like <laughs> the most downstroke, like Neanderthal brutal breakdown that comes out of nowhere. And you think it's going to be just pure Neanderthal, like, jun, jun, jun. and then it does those jun, 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 like up, upstroke parts that, just dun, really dun, dun, frame dun, dun, it. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, it's like this full like beat downish part, and then it's just yeah, it's so savage. But then it like goes in that really nice like technical guitar, and then also like we should say that like the first four bands like they have those heavy big recordings. Mind for us like this guitar does not sound super heavy, and yet they're able to like create this gnarly sounding Neanderthal breakdown. It also has like all this technical guitar stuff there. It's it is fabulous. Um, all five of these, this short list is strong. But Dan, let's go to you for the winner. All right. Um, I think it's your turn to open envelope if you want. All right. Well, you rip it for me with your mouth and I'll read it. 
All right, the winner, Terror, Pain into Power. All right, joining us, we have Todd Jones, who helped. Well, you wrote that song, didn't you, Todd? Uh, the Pain into Power song off the newest Terror record. Uh, I, I don't remember the specifics of who did what, but, um, it was the first song we did for the record. Yeah. How is it? So this one, our category of best breakdown, it's like a gnarly heavy breakdown that comes like off a break, like a, a pause, you know, it's so big and gnarly, but like comparing it to nails, like it is dialing it back a little bit. How do you go from like being on 11 all the time to dialing it back a little bit, but knowing it still has to be like gnarly and brutal. Oh, I don't know. I don't know that I did. I just, um, you know, when Scott called me one day and he's, and he asked me to, he, he, he wanted to see if I was interested in working on a terror record with him. And w- one of the first things that, you know, I asked him, I said, well, what kind of record do you want to do? Because, um, you know, terror kind of has a wide berth of sound. They've, they've done, they've done melodic, they've done, super hard and heavy they've done um kind of mid-tempo and heavy and they've done really fast so they, i think that i think terror has a lot of um different uh, different ways that they could go when they approach an album and i told scott i said hey look you know there's there's a lot of things you guys do but really i'm only good at doing one thing or at least i, I only really want to do one thing and that's super fast and hard and you know he was he was psyched on that so <laughs> He talked to the band and they all had a meeting and they decided, all right, let's do this record. Let's let's have you come on board and let's make a record together. And um, I was excited. Um, I think as far as dialing it back, I, you know, w- with nails and stuff, it's it it's one influence. But, you know, going into terror, it's, you, you know, I, I was just thinking like Revelation Records, like late 80s Revelation Record catalog, um, you know, that kind of. Um, for lack of a better term, like that youth crew vibe, um, at least for that first song, um, the breakdown certainly doesn't sound youth crew. It's kind of song itself is kind of like a, um, a mashup of, of, um, you know, really fast hardcore and then, you know, a really heavy breakdown, but, um, I, I don't know. I just, that, that's where I was coming from on that one. Where does that riff come from? Like, are you just kicking around your room? and and playing around with stuff or did you write that in like the practice space or what yeah the the latter um the the riff itself is is um well i'll I'll get to how we got to it i guess um i think it was like our first time we got together with the idea of working on a record together and we put together two songs um two skeletons um one was pain into power and one was the, the the last song on the record which is prepare for the worst and for pain in the power um I think the fast part was something I had sort of um, made up on my own, like in, in my bedroom possibly. Um, but the, the breakdown was definitely something that was done in the rehearsal room with Nick and Scott. And um, again, going back to the conversation with Scott, when, when, when we were talking about working on a record together, I was thinking like, um, you know, Terror has been a band at this point. Like when this record comes out, they'll have been a band for 20 years. And, um, you know, what, what would I want to hear them say? Or what, what do, what do I think they should say? Like, what do I think the first song on the record should be? Like, 
And I thought that it would be really cool if it was something that sort of reflected their existence and almost, and almost like an ode to, you know, the terror fan base and everybody who likes terror. And my, one of my first ideas for the song is, you know, right before the breakdown, I want everything to cut out and I want Scott to say, you know, terror crew tried and true, um, as a band who's been a band for 20 years. Um, and anybody who's been in a band knows that, you know, there's a lot of ups and downs and it's not always easy. It's not always fun. And, um, I just think it's a testament to, to how long they've been a band and all the hard work they've put into it and, and, and whatnot. So that, that's where that kind of came from. I wanted it. I, I was like terror crew tried and true. Like I wanted to plant the flag, like the first song on their record. And then, um, and then I wanted it to go into a breakdown, but the breakdown came just me and Nick and Scott in the room, me and Nick jamming in the, the riff itself is, is very, um, it's very punchy and I would almost not call it a riff. And it's like more of a part, I would say, because the, the impact of that part, I think comes from like the power of the instruments, not necessarily like, um, the notes of the riff that's being played because it's it's palm muted and it's like very um you know it's one it's one like progression you know dun 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 and then the um the core the the left hand like you know the actual riff part of it is is kind of just going down like the chromatic like f- four notes you know open one two three four like five notes um from d to f sharp and uh yeah, it just it just came out of us playing and um we we demoed it at the rehearsal space and it was just it was just something we all liked. Yeah, there's still options of what to do there though, right? Like because you you decide on the dun 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 dun, you're going along with like the similar or the hi-hat, wherever it is, the one, two, three, four, right? Like bands on those those beatdown parts, they can go at halftime or they can go at like the super like a, a more riffy riff, dun, 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 dun. you know, where, where like the drums are going dun, 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 dun. So yeah, it's just, absolutely. it flows so good. And then also like, you know, you talking about hearkening back like the 20 years and so forth, like the vibe of that song is so similar to life and death. So it's kind of sick that it's like, you're coming back, you're helping out with this record, you know, and Tara's been around for 20 years. And like this song has like the vibe of the first song of a demo. That's awesome. I never thought about that, but it really does. You know, life and death has a very like a um, positive vibe and that song painted a power has a very positive vibe and it's fast and it's like a minute long. That makes a lot. Yeah. You're, I never thought about that. It's a, it's a great observation. Oh yeah. Well, Todd break down the year. Congratulations. Appreciate it. Yeah. Well, thanks. Um, I'm really stoked that you guys like the record and, and, and you, you wanted to give it the breakdown of the year. That's fucking cool. Thank you. <laughs> All right, we're down to the final two categories. First up, we're going to do the best track of 2022. All right, we got Terror, Pain Into Power. We got High Viz, 0151. We got Gridiron, Trench. We got Speed, Not That Nice. And we got Praise, Peace of Mind. Dan, five bangers. What do you think? Absolute. And uh, high-vis would be pronounced 0151 because it's the area code for Liverpool. But you know what's funny is 
it just you saying that and me realizing like the differences like when someone will give you the phone number like imagine if your phone number is 60071 right in england someone will say 60071 just a well, funny little difference that is interesting thank you for correcting me yeah. and uh my dyslexic ass almost read 5150 shout out van halen um, <laughs> 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 all right dude terror pain into power we just talked this it won best breakdown but good god man perfect hardcore song it is there moving into high viz dan we have sung the praise of this band since their last 12 inch ep from last year but this was a standout track to you what is your take on it yeah it it comes in just like stomping like like very like and then it goes and he hits a this like almost almost pat dubarish to start the the line and then it it just comes in with i think some of the best lyrics like written this year easy this managed decline won't be televised. Our days are numbered on the picket line. We're destitute and demoralized. Our suffering disguised as pride. Oh my God. This song is um, talking about the Tory government killing off the Liverpool Dockers. And it's um, it's absolutely brilliant. It evokes, you know, suffering and also backbone i don't know i just love everything about it i love the way the song sounds i love the vocal performance um i love high viz and this is the hardest song on the record it's really uh it's a it's a hard song or what zach would call um a pussy song that's hard because <laughs> zach thinks you know unless unless you're coming with those gridiron breakdowns uh or you know Everything else is not in that category to Zach, but I love this. And so does yeah. he. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there used to be that Bridge Nine shit, like the uh, hardcore and non-hardcore places, you know? Yeah. I think it was from the is from the message board, I think. But uh, yeah, this is like youth crew toms in non-youth crew places. Yeah. It's like one of my favorite things in the world. And, you know, I love it when like heavy bands do the youth crew toms. Obviously, I love it when youth crew bands do the youth crew toms. But then here is like, you know, a melodic punk hardcore band doing the youth crew toms on this like verse. And it sounds so good because, yeah, the singer has a great tuneful voice, but he's really shouting here. He's belting it out. Like, you know, it, it does sound a little ridiculous saying like, you know, it's almost Dubar esque, but really, while it might not sound like that, the sentiment is there. Like this guy's belting it in a tuneful voice as hard as he can belt it. Right. Just like Dubar comes out the gate and lays it down like that. So yeah, yeah this it, song, it, it's the, it's the ability of, of showing like, you know, it's staying within the remit of the rest of the record, which is being tuneful and singing and stuff, but it's expressing the anger of what these lyrics are portraying. Like, so it's being belted out just like you're describing. Yeah. And he gets more tuneful on the choruses, but like, with lyrics like this, like you really got to bring the heat, you know, on that verse. And, you know, because hey, anger is an emotion too. Right. And like this band is definitely a punk band, like 
punk band, hardcore band, whatevs, right? Like it's not just like, you know, I don't know, Dan, we, I failed to describe this heavily on the, uh, on the podcast where we talked about it. So everyone get in those archives um, and listen that I have no idea what to compare this to. All right, moving on gridiron trench. This came down to, we had to put gridiron on. They're one of the bands of 2022 for sure. And it really came down to the two hits, right? Like the no good of goodbyes or the song trench. And dude, it's just too catchy, right? The way it starts out with like the, you know, like the scissor beat or like the blasty type beat. Like it's very YOLO and then going into what might be like some of their catchiest shit, right? You're on the bench. We're in the trench. It's gridiron coming up with like little catch phrases. It's so oh. pro wrestling. It's so good. <laughs> the whole lyrical output of this song is perfect. It is like cutting a promo, like, but also being so hip hop, like GRD iron sharpens iron. Like yeah. that's yeah. such a fucking like opening line. They name drop themselves, but then they also are talking about iron sharpens iron. It's only the strong that survive. And it's just about outing someone that's just, you know, weak while they're in the trench, you know? Like it's 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 a diss track, it's a self-promotion track. It is it's everything I want. It's fucking great. I love it. And then of course, you know, the line that we love, you're on the bench while we're in the trench. So sick. <laughs> so good. Shout out Gridiron. Yeah, then we got Speed Not That Nice and Speed, uh, again, like Gridiron, like undeniably one of the bands of 2022, right? And digging into that EP they do, like this really is a hit. It's so catchy. It was a single before the whole thing came out. They won our breakdown of the year, but Not That Nice, so catchy, so good. Like from the bounce tempos into like the moshy stuff and just so catchy on the vocals. This thing's insane. I love it. It's got to be here on the short list. What do you think, Dan? Oh, incredible. It's it. They have so many like ones and two couplet lines throughout the whole LP that work so well and are so great. But one, one that I love in this, it, it's so simple, but it's, it's only simple because it's, simple words but the way that it's put together is you know everyone would love to write line like this big mouth you talk shit freely so safe when your world comes easy i love that like it's just so good and there's so much like dog related like stuff going on through their lp you know the big bite and this song has lyrics about you know biting down on people like it's just it's so animalistic i don't know it it adds to the fury and the and the um them being a gang called speed it's fucking sick yeah and then that that one riff part where they do like the big palm mutes when it's just dung dung and they let like the palm mutes breathe good god it's it's just like a little like piece of creativity that's so good yeah. Um, okay, wrapping up, praise the song "Peace of Mind." I absolutely love this song. It's my favorite song off their LP. Uh, it was definitely one of Chris's favorite LPs of the year. We'll jump all into this in our Super Seven that we do in two weeks. But God, this song is so good, and I love praise so much. Those EPs that they did in the year twenty eleven or twenty twelve, 
Mm-hmm. Some of my favorite melodic hardcore of all time, like straight up up there with GB for me, you know, like if I was going to list like my top five, top 10 melodic hardcore stuff that those two seven inches are in there for sure. The 2016 LP I liked. And then this thing actually, yeah, they did the LP. And then this is just, it's really good, but I like when they bring the heat a little bit. And this peace of mind song is so up tempo and good. And then like that last part, when they go to like the slowed down, like leave it alone beat. God, it's just so soulful. This song gets me in the feels every single time, like undoubtedly. Right. It's like, you know, when, uh, we used to all watch TV and like Shawshank Redemption would come on once a week. And like, inevitably you're going to, if it starts from a part where like red gets out of prison, I'm watching that movie to the end every single time. No doubt. And like, no matter what, when I'm watching that movie, it always gets a little dusty inside. You know what I'm saying? And this song is the same way. Like, it doesn't matter how many times I listen to this song at the end there. God, it just is so soulful and so good. It's It's got to be on the short list. What do you think, Dan? Yeah, this is another one. So, you know, we've got three very hard songs and then we've got two um, absolute opening of hearts and still being really unbelievable hardcore songs. But this is, if you could hear what someone being heartfelt and and that being a setting on a like um, engineering board in a studio, like if it was a setting, this is what it would sound like. This is someone just pouring it out while um, being so melodically on uh, in symbiosis with the music. Um, it it's just fantastic hardcore. It's um, the kind of hardcore that just makes you feel like lots of other hardcore will make you want to smash. This makes you want to like open the tendrils of your body to like feel the universe around you. Like, and it's clever. The lyrics of this are extremely clever. Um, I mean, I, I love all five songs up for this category and I'm so glad, glad that praise made it into this collection. Yeah, when they're at their peak, no one can like get you in the feels in this lane like praise. They're like the absolute apex of the style. All right, Dan, let's go to you for the winner. All right. I'm really psyched. It's High Viz 0151. <laughs> All right, we're here with Graham from High Viz, winning track of the year for 0151. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you so much. I've, I've made it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> 185 awards, the most prestigious awards in the uh, yeah, entire. Yeah, heralded. Yeah. Um, so 0151 is arguably like the hardest song on the LP. Um, and it's dealing with an extremely like hard um, lyrical um makeup basically about if you want to explain what it's about yeah it's um it's basically i came about during lockdown and i was just you know writing songs stuck in a stuck in doors and then my uncle who'd been ill for a while he had asbestosis from working on the docks and um 
and like like a lot of him and his mates and he's like in and out of hospital for a long time and over the pandemic he died and um you know i ended up going to you know going to funeral fucking about six people there because you couldn't go everyone sat away from each other and then i yeah wrote it just about just thinking about thinking about him and about where we grew up and then just feel and just every day the fucking constant barrage of like Tory propaganda on the telly and then you know obviously which culminated in finding out that none of them gave a fuck about the rules and we just sat there and buried my uncle and yeah it was just about I guess like loosely about the northwest well it is specifically about the northwest but it's like loosely about that kind of attitude and sort of solidarity amongst the working class yeah yeah what what I get from it that's amazing is like the opening line, this managed decline won't be televised, is is so perfect because the way the Tories attacked the Dockers, they'd already had a game plan from the minor strikes, you know? Yeah, yeah. So there was that they, leaked test, the leaked text back, back in the day. It was just like, um, oh, it might be more in order to have a managed decline of the North. And it's like, and that, you know, that's, you know, actual verbatim fucking language used amongst horrible Tory cons. So, yeah insane like um for lots of people listening they might not know liverpool is a is a a docking town it's like the or city it's the biggest port in england uh that and southampton so you know 60 percent of the working class like was on the docks like at one point for that city so Yeah, my whole family, family, like my uncle, I mean, my dad worked and he worked as a tuna chunk checker once, <laughs> <laughs> checking tins of tuna chunks when he got made redundant from BT. Um, and yeah, that was just down on the docks and like, yeah, it's a lot like a, you know, a bunch of shipbuilders and dockers. Basically, my uncle was a shipbuilder to so yeah, wait and camel heads. Yeah, so like this song hits hard for for me and the great thing is like you've explained like when you spoke to ray talking about how lots of american people are reaching out to you saying they feel these lyrics so much because they're very applicable in all walks of life you know yeah yeah it's really it's like such an amazing thing to me because i know you know never thought anything of any you know any like band or anything you've ever done you just think it's just what you do do you know what i mean it's and then all of a sudden, about people who are just these these little stories about essentially like small town scenarios of be, people who are just like fucking hell that song like really like resonated with me or about you know like solidarity amongst workers or unionized workers or whatever and I think you know it's fucking sick <laughs> yeah yeah I, I'm echo all that sentiment too coming from me like it's important yeah, it's important that like, like art reflects pain and the pain that is put on the people of this earth is always on the working class or even the people who are unfortunately you know less i won't say less than because that's just disrespectful but people who are unable to work yeah that's the thing i think it's that's and that's the thing that really sticks like sticks with me i mean the sort like the song isn't necessarily just about the dot you know the people who work in the docks or whatever but like my like i was saying i got my brother who's disabled and like the way He's treated by, you know, the Tory government. And every year he's like put through these really dehumanizing tests to check if he's still as disabled as he was since he was born. Do you know what I mean? And it's like every year to like, we should be supporting these people. Do you know what I mean? I don't think anyone in this country would go, do you know what? Actually, I don't want my tax going to those people who are 
in a position where, you know what I mean? They, their life isn't fucking the easiest thing. And they're also, you know, just villainized. Like, it's fucking horrible. <laughs> it's a disgrace. Um, so this song musically is like the hardest one on the LP. Do you think every time you do a new LP and as your sound expands, you're still going to have that hardcore banger just to smash people up to? <laughs> I I, uh, I hope so. I mean, like I, that, you know, it's one of my favorite songs to sing. Cause it's also kind of like, I've, I've really enjoyed trying to sing. Do you know what I mean? Like I've never, I never thought in my life I'd be trying to sing in tune or whatever. But when Martin was just like, Oh, I'll, you know, try and do this or whatever. And I was like, and now, now I'm really enjoying it. So there's like parts of it I want to push in that way. And then there's parts of it like, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying my best not to be sort of angry in a, in a way that isn't helpful to me, but it's still there. Do you know what I mean? I'm still an angry cunt. So <laughs> I think it's going to, it's going to end up happening. I think we've been writing, we've nearly got a new LP written oh, at sick. this point. And then um, there's some songs that are, yeah, like not so, it's, it, it's not like a framework. Do you know what I mean? We're not like, Oh no, we'll do another 0151, but there's, I wrote another song about, I wrote a song about my brother and it's just like, it's just so angry and it's, yeah, frustrated and lost. And I don't, I don't think it makes any, I don't know if it makes sense yet, who knows, but. (laughs) I mean, that's what hardcore is here for, is to get. Yeah, well, exactly. Thank fuck for hardcore. (laughs) All right. Well, tell people where they can check in with you. Mm. Uh, uh, Where can they check in with us? Uh, Well, pretty bad at it, but Instagram, (laughs) I guess. It's the best way if you want to shout us or say hello or whatever, just Instagram's the one. Um, and we're playing, playing in well, it's not all sorted yet, but we'll be coming out to the states hopefully in in April next year. That's the plan. We're just trying to fucking cobble together money to get visas sorted. Um, and then we've got a little tour in February as well. So anyone in Europe, we're playing, um, like yeah, a couple of days across Europe. So have a look, amazing. Well, you better be coming to the west coast, no, just east coast bias. Mate, I'm doing whatever I'm told. I I, I want no well, part in organizing anything. But yeah, well, I mean, of course, of course, I want like. Well, I, I am tell if you're doing what you're told. I'm telling you that you're coming <laughs> to the West Coast. <laughs> See, well, for, oh, thanks so much for you, you use lot as well for like. I mean, obviously, this means the world. Getting this award is, <laughs> <laughs> but like, no, but like, it's mad that use lot. Use are the ones who backed us from the first LP. When like not you know that LP came out and we were just like oh right well no one gives a fuck so and then we were just stuck in indoors in a pandemic so I mean it's mad to see now that people actually seem to care which is cool well so, 185 you. miles south loves high vis forever well thank you I love you too all right everyone we're coming down to the come down it is the best LP of 2022 and not just hardcore. For all of music, because hardcore is the best. What's up? All right. Who are our nominees, Dan? All right. This is a packed category on a packed year in the best genre of music of all time. Number one, Punitive Damage. This is the Blackout. Number two, Mind Force, New Lords. Number three, Terror, Pain into Power. Number four, Long Knife, Curb Stomp Earth. Number five, Gridiron, No Good at Goodbyes. All bangers, dude. All killer, no filler. Holy cow. Kicking it off, punitive damage. This is a blackout. We've been looking forward to this LP for so long, and it delivered. We talked it this year on the pod. But, Dan, what's your take? I 
I adore this record. When it first came out, I I must have listened to this on. You know how they're doing those f- fucking things on on Instagram now, where you have a fest of your Spotify listens. I bet you punitive damage will make it onto my fest, just from how much I listened to this when it first came out. Also, the title of the record, the jam, uh, the jam, the damned had us waiting for the blackout. And then punitive damage said, nah, this is the blackout. And they gave it to us. Yeah. Much like that two witnesses song where he said it gets better and better on every listen. That's not to take away from the first listen, right? Because I love that two witnesses demo and I didn't even realize that comp track existed. And then when we talked about this category and Chris is like, dude, that two witnesses track has got to be on there. I listened to it. And I was like, fuck this song bangs. But then every listen, it got better. And that's how this puny D was to me. When I listened to it the first time, I was like, fuck yeah, it delivered, right? It was like the perfect amount of songs. Like, it's just a great LP and like so over the plate, but like still like branching out just enough to keep things interesting. Recording is perfect. Steph's vocals are cranked up to 11. I love it. But my point is when I listened to it the first time, I was like, this delivers. This is so awesome. But on every listen since then, it just keeps getting better and better. I've listened to this album a ton of times by now. I haven't gotten sick of it yet. It keeps getting better. And holy cow, what an accomplishment. I love this thing. It really does. And and I have just cycled back to the part where she's going, shut your fucking mouth. And I like go back to where she just starts doing that part again and again and again. It's like me calling in and going, what do you want to hear? Wu-Tang. Wu-Tang again, again and again and again. Punitive damage again and again and again. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, because what can be so, like, what can be more on the nose than, like, a hardcore band yelling, shut your mouth, right? Yeah. But the thing is, like, just like we talked about with, like, that speed every man for themselves riff, like, what makes hardcore great at its best is taking something simple and being able to pull it off. Right, take something that is like out there in like the ether, pull it in, make it your own, and make it awesome. And like that's a perfect example of that. Okay, Mind Force New Lords. Good God, we talked the hell out of this record this year too. What an accomplishment to follow up on the first LP and then like that 12 inch with the four songs, and then now this, a second LP having to be just as good. And good God, man. It's like they did it again. I can't sing the praise of this LP enough. I want to yell it from the rooftops. What's your take, Dan? Well, everything about them is perfect. They write perfect songs. They have perfect production. They keep things interesting. They have titles that just make you know that you're going to love it. Like the name of this LP, New Lords, like I already knew, like it's got, pseudo like Wu-Tang like reference without it being a Wu-Tang reference. Do you know what I mean? To me, that's what it conjures up to me, even though it doesn't sound anything like that, of course, but charisma, hardness, clever lyrics, really great song titles. It's got it all. Mind force. They're never going to let you down. I mean, I'm touching wood right now. They're never going (laughs) to let you down. And it's got that swagger. Right. Like that's what puts it over the top. And the other thing is like these dudes are true fans of hardcore. 
And they paid their dues. They were in bands before this. This isn't like a band that came out of the gate and like hit it and went. And the other thing is like their bands that they did before this, like they were in that living laser band for a while and like did multiple like releases with it. It wasn't like a lot of bands now, you know, like throw shit against the wall and wait till something sticks. And if it sticks, run with that. Right. It's not like that. Um, everything about this band rules. Like if someone's going to be, what's your favorite hardcore band? And like someone said, mind force, I'd be like, that is what's up. Like they're everything that is good about this style of music that we love, you know? And like I said, I'm singing from the rooftops or the mountaintops or whatever the fuck that phrase is. All right. Terror pain into power. Holy shit. I actually, I loved the last two terror records. Um, but this one, like it's just a little bit better. And we talked it a ton on the pod this year, but they trimmed a lot of the fat, you know, like there's just that expectation when you go into the studio and you're a band that's put out LPs, you got to come with like another record, right? You're going to put out 12, 14 songs. You want to have it be a half hour, whatever, right? Maybe a little new perspective from being, bringing Todd back in. They trimmed some of the fat and just put out another terror classic, right? Any year with a terror record is a good year for hardcore. All their LPs bring the heat, but this one is just, it's a little better than like, you know, all of them going back in maybe to lowest of low, right? Yeah. I mean, this is what happens when you sit down and you think about it, but at the same time, you feel everything and it comes out in a natural feeling way with, in the back of your mind, the plan. This is how a perfect hardcore record is put together. You actually spend time thinking about it. You think about making yourself more streamlined, making yourself hit harder, making yourself not get stuck in the mud at all. And that's what happens. If you actively think about, like, you coach yourself into a way, but then you let the feeling and the pure rage take over, that's what pain into power is. It's perfect. All right, Long Knife, Curb Stomp Earth. This is one of the LPs that we didn't get to talk to this year. Maybe we'll talk it in January, but I did want to put it on the shortlist for best LP. I've been kicking it around since this came out. Is like this one of the greatest LPs I've heard in the last five years, or is this like a little too on the nose and LARPy poison idea worship? And the more I listen to it, the more I just think it's fucking awesome. And it's like just a great piece of hardcore punk and dan you've seen me like toss this out uh, of like a multitude of people like asking that same question right and recently in the group chat we were asking mike cheese right like dude is this awesome or is this like kind of larpy you know what i mean and like he leaned into it even harder than i did right like some of like the the lyrics that seem like a angsty 13 year old kid like the way he brought it up to me like that, I was like, I, you know, I kind of like was, was apprehensive about that being awesome. And he's like, dude, if they don't have like, <laughs> you know, a song of the next record called like anarchy rules, like I'm going to be disappointed. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck that. That kind of makes sense. Right. Like they leaned into the poison idea shit so hard. Why not lean into like, just kind of simple, like the government sucks, like lyrics, like so hard. Right. Like sometimes you just want to be in your lane. You know, and this thing kicks ass. Like, it sounds like a missing Poison Idea record, like from 
you know, from like that era, like the 88 to 92 ish era poison idea. If you love that stuff, these guys come out the gate and they got a music video. I looked at the guy long and hard. I was like, is this dude a poser or not? I leaned on not poser. And, uh, yeah, so I, I love this thing. Dan, have you gotten a chance to see with this record at all? Yeah. Yeah. What I think about uh, talking about like being in the lane or cosplay or anything like that. If you want to celebrate something that is fantastic and base an output, a sound around something that has meant the world to you, I don't see, I don't usually, unless it's done in a disingenuous way or with, you know, Oh, we're making fun of this instead. Like I I always celebrate people like having their heart on their sleeve and, and showing their influences to the max. Um, and I think this is fantastic for that. Like, like you say, um, the video, they're definitely like tongue in cheek having fun, you know, but they're also like the song just rips like it's fucking rips. And I love the little, uh, decline of Western civilization, like uh nod where he's in, in the floaty in the, in the pool, drinking the Jack Daniels and all that. Um, yeah, I, I think this is awesome. I'm glad it's on the list. I'm glad it provides, um, you know, a bit more difference on the list. Like a, a different lane is, is shown. So yeah, I love it. We should say decline part two. Yes. Um, Okay, and then wrapping up, Gridiron, No Good at Goodbyes. This and Speed, really like the breakout bands of the year, in my opinion. And so nice to just give like new bands, new blood, breaking out, like being possible headliners. And this Gridiron record, like, dude, it shouldn't have been this good. I would have never guessed this record is that good, right? We came across them when they did a split with... God, I'm sorry for forgetting whoever they did a split with, right? Age of Apocalypse, I think. Okay, yeah, because we we took the Pain of Truth side of their split and the Gridiron side of their split, right? And I'm like, God, if we put these two bands together, it would be like one of the best splits of the year. And both those bands have done great, but Gridiron come with that LP, I never would have thought like they could pull it off for the whole LP, right? Because I don't know. Like is again, this is a little on the nose of what it is. We know what it is, right? But and it really works like in the short shots, right? Like a split seven inch, you're like, God damn, this is catchy and good. But then they go to the LP and it's just like fucking A. They did it, the whole LP, it doesn't fall off. All the songs bang, is catchy the whole way through. Dude's got flow the whole way through. It just grabs your attention, keeps it. They came with a hard recording, and it's just a great LP. It's a great hardcore LP and definitely in the shortlist for the best LPs of 2022. What do you think, Dan? Yeah. And it's, it's a sound on paper that I would somewhat write off. Usually I love my hip hop and I love my hardcore. Sometimes, you know, I love references and stuff in it, but sometimes I don't like when it, when the Venn diagram, like, overlaps each other a bit a lot of the time i don't like that and i'm like uh you know because you know real mcs you know wouldn't don't sound good on crazy hardcore records and you know people rapping on hardcore records usually don't sound good but this works 
it really works because it's there's charisma, there's flow, there's aggression, there's changing it up, there's moving on where they don't put the vocal over parts where it would sound ridiculous. Like it's just really well thought out, crafted perfectly. It's a fantastic record. I bought it on vinyl. <laughs> That's right. I bought it too, Dan. I got it in the collection. Got it uh, last weekend at Standards. What's up? Hell yeah. Yep. Actually, I think I have all of these. Um, although I'm waiting on the PUNY D. It won't come in the mail until March, but I can't wait. All right. Um, oh, I'm not buying pure noise shit, so I don't have the terror. But I'm going to get a Euro Press one of these days when uh, a different label puts it up. I bought it at the show from Terror where I got COVID. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd do that. I'd buy a copy off Terror. Uh, but yeah. Okay. Dan, who's the winner? All right. Drum roll, please. Punitive damage. This is the blackout. Perfection. All right. I'm here with Steph and Mike from Punitive Damage. Congrats, guys, on the hardcore record of the year. What's up? What's up? Thanks for having us, and thanks for such a very kind award oh my goodness yeah steph how do you feel about the record now that it's done like as an artist how satisfied are you with it oh i'm just absolutely beyond satisfied i have just been so tired of having to sit on this record for so long and be so secretive um but all in all i think you know the things pan out kind of the way they're meant to everything came together the way it meant to and like i'm just i'm thrilled with every aspect of this record like it was it's fucking awesome and i'm just so happy that people can finally hear it yeah mike how did you approach writing this record because in the past you've done demo you've done ep but writing a hardcore record that is not you know steph isn't singing and hitting notes like there it's not a melodic record right it's hard to write a hardcore lp how did you approach it um frantically and, and absolutely terrified. I think at a few different points, I was like, we need to, we need to give Brian back his money. <laughs> um, Cause I, uh, yeah, I, I wanted, <clears throat> we kind of had like a bit of a cursed LP run, Steph and I for a long time there before the Apple White LP and oh. um, just not being able to jam. And like, it was like kind of iPhone, um, like sending iPhone riffs back and forth. And uh, normally I like bring a riff in and then Chris will be like, nah and then we'll like season it until we get somewhere we're happy with it but it was like you kind of have to rely on people responding so it was like very tough and we were writing up until like we were recording vocals and like kind of like figuring some stuff out on like right before we did a take uh like the the broad pieces were there but it was uh quite stressful and i had no we had like we pre-proed it and i had um I've been like thinking about it and like listening to it and like kind of consuming me. My friend was sending me some like um, some band. They're like, Oh Mike, you'll like this. It's kind of like uh, you know, like, I don't know, like the replacements or whatever. And I was like, I can't listen to any of this until we're done recording. Like only hardcore. I cannot have melody polluting my mind. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I was so lost in the sauce that I had no North. And I was like, I don't even know if this is good anymore. You know, when you're looking at something like a color for so long or something and you're like, I need to white balance because I have nothing. <laughs> That's what it was yeah. like. So hearing people like it is like 
great because I was like, this shit might suck, and I don't know. <laughs> well, well, you've you've had a couple months now with it. How how do you feel about it now? Good. I feel like yeah, r- really good. And I think, like I said, um, because I, I and that was like before we recorded. After we recorded, I probably listened to it like a thousand hundred more times. Like it was oh, yeah. just to like really sink it in. And there's lots of things that I'm like, God damn it, I wish we'd done this or I wish we'd done that. But um, you know, it's it's all like super uh minor stuff and some of it will like we've started implementing live and what have you and just like little things, but I feel good about it. Um it sounds good. Uh Steph usually like I usually have like kind of like vocal cadence and melodies in mind and then Steph kinda comes with her own. I'm like, oh yeah, those are way better. <laughs> so yeah, Steph, how did you approach like having to write so many lyrics? Like for an LP, it's different than, you know, do an EP, you have a few ideas, you get them down. This is like, this is a lot. And it and it's really impressive. Thank you. Uh, also, a lot of fear, <laughs> yeah. a lot of apprehension, ah, maybe not apprehension, a lot of, I guess, second guessing myself because, uh, you know, what I had like, what, what I had written for the EPs and the demos and stuff like I was psyched on and I was very proud of, but you know, in terms of like subject matter and stuff um, you know, an LP gives you a lot more room, I think to just kind of dive into more um, and respectfully, like I find that, uh, you know, an LP can be a bit daunting, especially a hardcore LP because like, how like you know like you could easily end up making a 12 13 song record where everything more or less kind of sounds the same or it's very indistinguishable like it's all a big blur of like the same thing and that was my biggest fear going into it and i know that in terms of vocals that can definitely be you know that definitely contributes to it so i wanted to you know like i i guess make it interesting but not interesting for the sake of like let's make this kooky or interesting but like I guess for me, it was like digging deeper down into like things that like affected me or things that I, you know, were always like kind of on my mind and stuff um, and like the world around me. Uh, So, you know, it was definitely like cool getting to dig into, you know, like being able to write songs in Spanish. Like that was the first time I'd ever done that. And that was like very tricky and daunting in and of itself because it's like, uh, that one, it's like more mid-tempo. So you do have to be like, I guess, like a bit more um, conscientious about like the structuring and the wording and the flow and stuff and not, um, you know, like making it more interesting and not just like, you know, at keeping it at 11 the whole time, uh, getting to talk about like, you know, things about like, not even like relevant to today, but like more like, oh, like I want to, you know, the conquest of Mexico was what had fueled the entire Western world economy and is like what made the industrial revolution possible. And had it not been for that, we wouldn't be where we are today. So I'm going to write about the conquest of Mexico. So it was really cool to be able to do more of that. And it's even cooler that people are like, it's, people are down, I guess, or have like responded really positively to it. Um, in the San Diego show we had played, um, I had a, a, somebody came up to me that I'd never met before. And he had asked me, uh, he was super psyched on seeing the songs and he had asked me about, um, que me tiene, tienes miedo ahora, um, which is the song about the vigilante and Juarez. And he was specifically wanting to hear that song. And he was specifically really pumped on it because he had lived in Tijuana and like knows a lot about that stuff. And he was just 
gushing about it. And I literally couldn't believe that, like, I don't know, something that we collectively had written had evoked such a reaction. Um, sorry, I'm like rambling a lot, <laughs> but uh, it was it was cool. It was terrifying, but it was a really cool challenge. And I feel like, you know, I'm proud of what I was able to pull off. Yeah, I love it. I think it's important to ride for your band, right? Like, I love, Mike, you saying that you listen to it a thousand times after you're done, because like, if you don't like listening to your own band, like, why the fuck should anyone else care? You know? Yeah, most of mine is, like, scrutinizing it. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, looking, looking like, for the dude. cracks. But, <laughs> oh, but there was parts where I was like, yo, this is sick. Um, but, yeah, I uh, I definitely, like, I'm, um, like, a forever tweaker. So I will, like think of things that we could have done and you know always in retrospect hindsight's 2020 but yeah i'm really pleased with it and um everyone killed it and i don't think anything got left off like i was worried um that a couple songs that ended up on there uh, big man uh even bottom feeder to some degree would get mm-hmm. like cut uh because they weren't done and they were kind of out there and um and then, yeah, we just kind of were like, oh, we'll figure it out. We did the main parts and we're like, okay, we're going to put this on and hey, can we do this? And um, it was like a lot of it was super new to us. And even on this last tour that we just got off of this week, we're like, holy fuck, we have to learn these songs and nobody knows how to play them because we learned them like going into the studio because we didn't really practice a lot. I love it. Well, everyone, get the record. If you haven't already ordered it, it'll be out when, guys? March? March, April? A vinyl? fingers crossed maybe maybe that's maybe. the tentative date <laughs> yeah. yeah everyone pre-order it you get it through uh atomic action records it's streaming right now on all the services and on the band camp and all that so handle business check it out congratulations guys we love this record um yeah big accomplishment thank hell you yeah, so thank much you. well hell yeah dan this was a great year for hardcore uh any final thoughts on this episode or the year? Although we are going to talk the year much more in two weeks. <laughs> um, <laughs> this was incredible. I'm I'm really happy with all these winning choices, but really you could press shuffle and lots of things could have come out that I would be equally happy with. And um, I'm just getting ready to smoke everyone in the Super 7 with my 2022 choices. Yeah, everyone, this is a celebration hardcore this is music that we love and we put on for it, right? So I hope that everyone takes this uh, with that in mind. I love hardcore. I'm 42 years old. Dan, how old are you? 46. 46. And we've been in this thing for a long time. I still love it like the day I discovered it, right? And so to be able to have the pleasure to put on for all these bands, this music that I love, I appreciate that. I appreciate all the listeners. And everyone who loves hardcore and listens to this podcast. So thanks everyone for the support. Hardcore rules. We'll talk to you again in two weeks when we're going to do the Super 7 for 2022. We'll talk to you all soon.